Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddie the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Unregimented. This is episode number 245. My name's Aaron. I'm Rich. Hello, I'm Todd. Chris is away. He'll be back next week. Uh, Wish you well, Chris. Yes. And, uh, you know, some good news this week, though. Uh, they this this whole Trump nightmare shall soon be over, I predict, because they have found the true source of his power, his Hollywood star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you not see this? That somebody took no. a pickaxe to his Hollywood star and removed it? Wow. No, I didn't see that. I did see, though, where his numbers are up among his base in the wake <laughs> of President Reek's scandal. So I'm not sure about that. I, I you know, I, I understand the yes and philosophy of improvisation, and I try to adhere to that as much as I can on this podcast. <laughs> oh, sure. But I'm not 100 percent sure that that's true. He seems to be doing oh. okay. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, I was being sarcastic, but only because it's the exact opposite, and that this does absolutely nothing except for. Well, I'm sure a lot of people felt. I, you know, sure, I chuckled. I was like, "Huh, there you go, you fuck." <clears throat> <laughs> but you know it doesn't it doesn't do anything. No. I don't know what did it accomplish for the guy who was digging it out of the ground, and right. at what time? Like, is, <laughs> yeah, isn't that isn't that in, in Hollywood like a twenty four hour city? Did someone not notice the guy sitting there looking like Andy Dufresne with a rock hammer going to town on that fucking thing? <laughs> yeah, I've but then on... again, I mean, the, there's probably people who passed him. It was like, you go. <laughs> I've been on this Dostoevsky kick the last couple of weeks, the Russian literature and history type stuff, and I've, I've torn through crime and punishment, just about done with it. But you know what it reminds me of is there's this aspect of the uh, 1860s socialists that Dostoevsky wrote about, where everything has to be a protest, anything you don't agree with. And this is the 1860s, keep in mind, mm-hmm. that you're obliged to protest it somehow. That's exactly what that reminds me of. Some hardcore, red-blooded, fuming activist in his own mind decided he'd go get a pick and show his protest and his activism by doing some vandalism on the street and like you said forcing some poor schmuck to go out and dig that thing up as a result of it. Yeah. Well, well the, the the whole thing with those st- first of all those stars you have to, you, the people who get them pay for them themselves. Mm-hmm. That's like, true. They, I mean it's like I think it's like a it, I think it's called a donation to whatever the fuck, but it's like fifteen grand. Yeah. So, ooh, get cost Trump fifteen grand if he wants to replace it. And I'm pretty sure that some of these brainwashed idiots that 
hang on his every word would be more than happy to donate so that way he doesn't come out of his pocket whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a Kickstarter if there's not already, right? It's right. like the who is the and then I'll get a shiny new star and I'll be yeah, like, right. get a better one. You know, this is all part of the plan. You know, the old star was looking really tarnished. There's somebody I, I I don't know. I think it's a Jenner who was like um, on the verge of being the first female billionaire or some shit, right? Oh yeah. And somebody started a Kickstarter. Yes. Like so, people are sending this this Kylie. celebrity Kylie Jenner, the celebrity for nothing, money so she can become the first female billionaire. The first female and the youngest. Yeah, whatever it was. Yep. Either way, you're sending a multi-millionaire money so she could become a billionaire. Right. Is same mentality, right? You know, I remember, year, <laughs> I remember years and years ago on Loveline, someone called in and asked Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, how could he produce a bigger amount of semen when he ejaculated? <laughs> and there was yes. dead silence on the other end for about... Three, four seconds, and then Dr. Drew goes, hey, sir. And the guy goes, yeah. He goes, get a hobby. Have a nice day. <laughs> and he just hugs the phone. And I'm just like, you know, seriously, if you're going to th- throw money, you can almost literally close your eyes, scroll, and then click and find a better cause to, to give money to than to help anybody related to the Kardashians get more of it. Right. Come the f- on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm flabbergasted by this. And, you know, certainly the, the rich, I mean, apart from Trump being president and seemingly infallible, um, if you want to be rich and be on Twitter even, it's not a, a friendly environment. I mean, we've talked about Elon Musk, mm-hmm. and uh, and certainly there was all over Twitter was going crazy today because somebody had cut loose Betsy DeVos's yacht, or it turns out one of forty mm-hmm. yachts, one yeah. fucking eleven million dollar yacht, and you got that's one of forty. Yeah, I don't know, but that, that Betsy DeVos owns. Well, uh, I mean, the DeVos the family. I think it's the family, which include which would include her brother Eric Prince, by the way, yeah. uh, Mister Blackwater. <laughs> but yeah, right. and did like ten thousand dollars worth of damage to it, or something like that. The, right. Yeah, I mean, but you know, people are gleeful over that, and again, yeah. it's it's another one of these things. Like you cost somebody money, who money means n- practically nothing to them, at right. least in those amounts, and it doesn't really do anything. Like the the star, I understand it as a protest, right? But if it was actually a group of people that were protesting and then, you know, this was their way of, of demonstrating just like, you know, that at times people have gathered and tore down statues in protest. And it's really no different than that. But, you know, the, the guy who, you know, sneaks out in the middle of the night and defaces a statue, is that the same level of protest? It's the same notion, I think. It, it, it's meaningless, it's, really. It's, it's just it's it's a personal expression, I guess. It's right. it's one of those things where you can feel like you're I don't know feel like your voice or your your, your voice matters via action, I guess. 
I don't yeah, but, know. But I think the stronger protest is the one that's done in public, and you're willing to take the consequences right. for yeah. it. Right? Has your face, your face attached to it, right? Well, I mean, I guess not just the face, but just the idea mm-hmm. that, like, you know, if you really wanted to make this a statement, and it wasn't just you getting something off of your chest, mm-hmm. then go do it in the middle of the day and let the police arrest you yeah, and be get bailed out and and then go on the news, right? And say, yeah. look, I know this doesn't mean anything, but here's what it means to me, and this is why I did it. And there's your protest, right? Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it's it's childish. It's a meaningless action. It, I guess it's something that... It, it's like stealing traffic cones. Okay. I mean, I, I, I had that one friend in high school who you go to his house and you go in his room and he's got like a traffic cone sitting in the corner. And I'm like, why? And he's like, why not? <laughs> okay, you're cool. All right. I got to tell you, I'm tempted. I mean, those traffic cones are nice, man. They got like a good thickness to them. You can, they're pretty versatile. They got a nice color. Like they're a very attractive thing. I, I resist picking up traffic. There's one... Uh, the car wash at the corner by our place, Rich. <laughs> They've got traffic cones just sitting there, and I would go walking out at night with my kids, and I'm like, God. Let's commit a really minor crime. That? Grab the end of that, kid. Let's go. <laughs> well, no, Let's these see if we are, get away with it. Yeah. I'm talking about the the actual cone, not the like the barrels. Right, yeah. The plastic, know, right? The, Although I have had friends that have taken one, you know, the big barrels with the lights on them. Yeah, you yeah that's what, those that's, fuckers off, man. <laughs> that's what my buddy had. Yeah, he had that sitting in the corner. Right. He had the like doing construction work on the freeway. I'm <laughs> yeah. talking about like there's a there's a pothole on your street, and they're gonna fix it in a little while. Until then, they put a fucking you know some of those big orange megaphones around it. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. If you ever need a megaphone, you've got one sitting in the corner <laughs> over there, yeah. right? If there's ever an emergency, some civil strife. And you need to warn the warn the neighbors like Paul Revere. You, you've got your megaphone. That's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's, it's it's being prepared. It's Boy Scoutism. Yeah, well, yeah, that's great. You just justified my vandalism. I can see how this for the greater good. Everybody can play this game. You never know when you're going to really need one. Todd's a helper. I'm an enabler. So okay. So what else was in the news this week? In Roseanne was back in the news. Did, did you see the interview? Or I, this. I actually didn't see the interview. I heard the interview, and then I saw some stills from it of her looking rather crazy. <laughs> um, really, it was just news because she like screamed profanities and <laughs> seemed honestly frustrated about it. And I can understand that, like because well i i understand her frustration because she's saying her defense is that she thought she was white or as she says in the interview i thought the bitch was white i so and, i've seen and when you see a picture you can legit understand that i understand where she's coming from um and i i do understand her frustration because people aren't even willing to have an art a discussion about it on that level right it's just Roseanne's racist. Well, I thought she was white. No, no, but yeah, but you, you said it, and so you're obviously racist, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, I I don't th- I think that's really what it is for her. She wasn't very articulate in this interview, and we can only guess what's going on inside of the person who has had or continues to have mental problems of some <laughs> can, sort. Can only guess or be very afraid of. R- right. 
But I, it doesn't. I don't think she's angry because she lost the job or she can't. You know, doesn't have a TV show anymore. She's. I think she's angry because she's being labeled as a racist. I don't know her. To, I know her to be, you know, somewhat bigoted in general. If you follow mm-hmm. her on Twitter, and uh, she's not a kind person, really. But I've well, never seen any outward racism towards black people from her. She comes from, we've had this discussion before off the air, she comes from that comedy equals mean group of comedians that seem to be slowly either being pushed to the side or, you know, made it, declared irrelevant these days. Like the, the, the comedy seller type guys and, 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 and women who just rip on each other. Yeah. And it was it was interesting to hear... Because Doug Stanhope was just on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was he talked to him about Roseanne, and you know Stanhope had a bit part in the last episode, and they were going to try to make it a recurring part at the casino that uh, Becky oh, yeah. Becky went to yeah. go work at. He's going to be like the you know the, the 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 addicted gambler guy, and he said everybody on that show she controlled everything from the top down it was just like it was when she left when she had total control everybody was happy then that happened and all hell broke loose and he was like people were even afraid to even say to to say not in the press but just to each other working on the set how they really felt they were afraid to even bring up their opinion because it might get leaked out and if you and and he kind of went up and danced up to the line of, if you look at John Goodman's statement about it, it's a very play the middle statement. He doesn't condemn her, but he doesn't he doesn't like you know throw his his support behind her. And he said that's kind of how it was. It was like this this is Roseanne. This is she's a fucking comedian that says outlandish shit. Mm-hmm. She converted to Judaism and then posed as Hitler, baking. Jewish gingerbread men, okay. Like this, this, this is this is what she does. This is what comedians. I'm sorry, that's funny. I <laughs> that's Joe, fucking funny. And I'm Joe sorry. Rogan, Joe Rogan, and, and and Stanhope were like, the problem is, well, she forgets that we're not in the green room, that we're not backstage at the comedy store. So she goes out into public and says the shit that we as comics say to each other. To make each other laugh, and he and you know, and he's like, I would hate for someone to be running like you know a, a cell phone camera and hear some of the shit that that goes on every single night at the comedy store backstage. Yeah, he's like, you know, the, it, nothing is off the table. If you're gay, if you're black, if you're you got a, a too hot wife, if you got an ugly fat wife, everything's on the table, and you are a fucking target just by virtue of being there. The rule is be funny. Right. Well, you know, I, I've been watching uh, Into the, or the Thick of It, I think it's called, or Into the Thick of It. Uh, it's a British show about, well, basically, if you've ever seen Veep, I guess uh, the people who helped create that show were writers or uh, producers for uh, The Thick of It. It's a, a political behind-the-scenes thing where you just see all these people who their whole job is to present this one person as like nice and likable and a kind person. 
And then everything that you see behind the scenes is like just profanity and vileness and everybody's backstabbing each other. And the the main character, there's actually a lot, there's a few characters that kind of cycle through the show over the course of the few seasons, but the main character is Peter Capaldi, who uh, is, you know, I'm not really that familiar with British politics, but he's kind of like the spin guy for the prime minister, right? He handles all the media, he handles the, the messaging for it, and every time that he he just pops up in the show and just chews everybody out. He's just like the worst. And so many of his jokes are making fun of people saying that they're gay, basically, you know, which isn't really funny. You know, maybe when I was a kid, that was, that was a good chuckle, but I'm watching this going like, wow, this, there's no way that they would get away with that show. I mean, even Veep is is tame compared to the shit that gets said on the thick of it. And this was only uh, back in 2007, I think, when these episodes started. And I don't know, I, the, 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 the subject matter of the jokes isn't what's funny, though, right? It's the fact that it, it's being, first of all, said with such anger, and the accents help too. But the <laughs> fact that these people, I mean, these choice of j- jokes are, they're chosen because they're supposed to represent how really vile these people are, right? They're not the good guys. Well, yeah, isn't that kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm? Seinfeld, they're all horrible people. Right. And it's, it, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They're all horrible people. That's the that's the joke. <laughs> Drawn they, together. You, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, we were talking about this. You know, at work, we were talking about like the jokes we crack at work. Pretty much everything's on the table with most of us. Like, there's nothing really off limits. We'll rip on each other about anything, and you know. Somehow we got on the subject of you don't really see that in television and movies much anymore. And I was like, if you really want to see how different shit is, go back and watch like Slapshot. Paul mm-hmm. Newman is is talking to to, to the, the the owner of the team's wife, and he's like, and by the way, you better get that kid of yours on some skates before he ends up sucking a cock because he's grown up to be a faggot. And I mean. I about pissed myself when I heard that, and my ex-wife, when we his first her first time watching it, she was like, "Oh my god, they got away with that!" I'm like, "Yeah, that was nothing, (laughs) right?" Because I I guess this is the the point that I was trying to make by bringing up this show because this is in juxtaposition to watching Clue the other day, right? Which I don't really recommend. It has its moments, but it's not that great, even though it's got a great cast. Uh, but one of the running jokes throughout it, I was watching it. We, the whole reason I was watching is because we were flipping through, me and my daughter were flipping through Hulu, seeing what we wanted to watch. And she was like, oh, they made a movie about that board game that we play. And I knew it wasn't too racy. And I was like, yeah, let, let's watch it. But Michael McKean's character in there is gay. He doesn't come out and say it, but it's kind of, they use these kind of code words for it. And, all of his gags are about being paired up with the hot chick, the maid, right? 
or, you know, being uncomfortable because of, uh, you know, because he's not into chicks. It's just, and it was kind of nauseating. I mean, I knew, I know that, I don't think that Michael McKeon or the writers or anybody had anything against gay people. They were doing it for a yuck. But it, it wasn't done, it was done making fun of, of gay people, basically. Now, in getting away from that, which I do think is progress, we've almost gone too far. So now, you know, you can't, if you want to have an evil character, you can't make them gay. Because now what are you saying about gay people? Right. Well, that's the problem, though, isn't it? I mean, you, that's that's the whole the problem with the definition of equality now, is that we've we've gone over we've gone rounds and rounds and rounds on this over the months, guys. And I'll just say it one more time: that's not that that's a protected species. That's not equality. You should be able to say something about any class of people or any person or anything, as long as it's not meant to oppress somebody, not meant to keep them down. Mm-hmm. Just making an observation about people in general. You should be able to do that about anybody with equal impunity. Well, I, 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 that's, that's equality. I just go back to when Patrice O'Neill was on Fox News and the lady from the National Organization of Women was critiquing his, his set and, 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 and specifically <clears throat> an appearance on Opie and Anthony he had had. And she was like, you know, how dare you tell rape jokes? Rape jokes are never funny. And he's like, eh, I beg to differ. I got some funny ones. And he goes, besides, how many rape jokes lead to rape? <laughs> show, show, show me show me where someone hears someone say a rape joke and goes, you know, I'm going to go fucking rape this bitch now. That sounds like a good idea. Right. Right. I mean, if they were suddenly finding like, hey, everywhere, all these clubs that you play at, people are getting raped all over the place right after you leave. Did you? So one of you guys was on a George. I think it was you, Aaron. Was on a George Carlin kick earlier this week, or maybe last week, whenever it was. And he's got a great line. He's like, because he he was attacked with the same thing. He's like, rape rape can't be funny. He's like, yes, it can. Imagine Porky Pig raping Elmer Fudd. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> It well, can't wait, didn't he, be funny. Did he have the joke? Maybe this was somebody else, and I can't even remember the joke now. But it was something about trying to get leather pants off of an Eskimo chick. <laughs> anyway. I don't, yeah, I don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so th- but this ties into some current events, right? There was the, the case of James Gunn, who his... His jokes on Twitter were discovered, I'm putting in air quotes. Yeah, discovered. They just happened to be unsurfaced, right? Yeah, and and (laughs) addressed, you know, put out there in a tweet, addressed to Disney, like, hey, are these the types of people that you want to employ? And he made some tasteless jokes. You know, they really didn't even seem that funny to me. And really... isn't that kind of the dividing line there? Like, well, if you find it funny, then then it's not, it can't be offensive. No, right? because you because if you're, it's like, if, you, if you're offended, then you're and you laughed at it, then you're lying about one of the two. You're not going to find it funny if you find the commentary or the the subject matter um, inappropriate. Mm-hmm. However, you define that your your self righteous judgment is going to supersede any sort of humor right. that may or may not be found within the topic. Right. Yes. Well, I mean, there's, look, there are people who have senses of humor that are like black holes. They are so fucking, they're so fucking black, light can't even escape it. Okay. I'm one of those people. I, I laugh at, I laugh at pedo bear jokes. 
I laugh at, I mean, it, it, the shit is funny to me. I don't, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Shit is horrible. But at the same time, like Louis C.K., when he did his monologue the last time he was on Saturday Night Live, probably the last time he'll ever be on Saturday Night Live, he did a, a part of his monologue was about child molestation. He's like, you know, we all know it's horrible. And it's, I mean, it's a disgusting thing. But I mean, you got to think, it must be really good considering what these guys go through when they get caught. I mean, it, it must just be the best thing in the world. I mean, and like people were laughing and horrified, and I'm sitting there just dying going, he's got balls big enough to come in a dump truck to say that on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I mean, th th this is not Def Comedy Jam. This is not a, a Netflix special. And I mean, that was what, guys? That was what, three years ago? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's an eternity now, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking 10 years ago for right. tweets about him making jokes about Look, uh, kids getting molested, and this is going to cost him his career now? I don't know how much analysis has to be put well, into this, guys. I mean, it, 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 it comes back to the, the McCarthyism thing that we've talked about. If you're digging through tweets that are 10 fucking years old, how are you doing that? How much time are you putting into this? You're looking for something. You're looking for anything. You've got an axe to grind with somebody or something, and you're going to stop at nothing to find it. And if you let people dig and you let people dig and dig, dig and dig, they're going to find anything on anyone. The three of us, my God, we could never leave the fucking house if that were the standard for us, right? This is nothing more than McCarthyism. This is nothing more than being able to say in some metaphorical way, this is a communist who needs to be blacklisted. This person is undesirable, ideologically unsound, untrustworthy. To me, the, to me the, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was no, going to say, the, 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 the bigger issue to me is that over, over the four years we've done this show to various degrees, we have all said the, the type of tactics that are being used against James Gunn, against yeah. uh, uh, Dan Harmon, the Rick and Morty creator, Mm -hmm. Trevor Noah. Oh, those that's, tactics, that's a good one. Yeah. Those tactics is what the left was. I mean, it, that, that was how they went about attacking people they didn't like. Let's dig and dig and dig until we find something, throw it up out of context, yeah. no matter how long ago it was, and get this person basically unofficially blacklisted. You're purging. This is a purge. And, 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 we, and I've said specifically, I know Chris has. And Aaron's agreed with us. If he hasn't said it himself, I'm sorry, I, I can't remember if you did say it yourself. And I know you said it, Todd, at least when we've had conversations off the air. I said, how long until the right adapts these tactics and starts going after the left the way they do, go, the way they go after the right? And this is exactly right. what's happening. These yeah. are people who are to the right of fucking Breitbart, yeah. my love. You know what I'm saying? These yeah, this was um, Mike Chernovich that was responsible for uh, unearthing these tweets. I mean, these are. Are you serious? That was that 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 batshit. Oh my god, the YouTube yeah. guy, right? Yeah, yeah. he he's he, the one that did this. He went after James Gunn because James Gunn has been very vocal about being anti-Trump. And then what they, did he dig up? What I'm, I'm yeah I I. I Confess, he didn't I'm a dig little up anything. Like I don't even know what. Like I'm referring to it as that, but what do you call it? Like he took his old tweets, right? What and were he the tweets? Capped them, and he shared them with Disney or whatever. What, like, what were they though? What did they say? It was one of them. One, one of them was uh, 
there was a couple of them about like I'm trying to think of how he put it. He's like. Jeez. He said something about uh, uh, the kid. The, this kid standing next to me is is lucky he's not getting molested or something like that. Like, and but it was like obviously framed as a joke. I can't remember. <laughs> so See the here? right did this. This isn't somebody on the extreme left. This was somebody. You're absolutely right. Adopting the tactics of the left to use against itself. Exactly. Yeah. And and guess guess what? Guess who loses when this shit ha- starts ha- coming from the, the 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 far ends of the political spectrum? Everybody in the fucking in between those two, because okay. once once this shit becomes once this shit becomes acceptable uh, for both sides, everybody's fucking fair game. Everybody. I have. Uh... A bunch of his tweets. I'll just give you a little taste of it. I, I feel like if we're going to talk about this, we should quote him directly. Yeah. Uh, the Hardy Bo- the Hardy Boys and the mystery of what it feels like when Uncle Bernie fists me. <laughs> Hashtag sad children books. Oh, yeah. It's fucking funny. There's another hashtag unromantic movies. Uh, three men and a baby they had sex with. (laughs) (laughs) My new film, Jerk Loose, a small town where beating off is illegal and one high school kid jerks off in front of the others to show how fun it is. But really, that's... Wow. Uh, Hey, at Drew... Drew at Fixhead. I don't know who that is. Honestly, the best policy. Tell your three-year-old your lat... Tell your three-year-old you're laughing, thinking of me fucking three PO. He'll appreciate it when old. Some of these aren't. Some of these are just like sexual tweets that he referenced minors in. Like they're not even really. Just being. Yeah, I've seen really bad comedians. Like Dave Attell comes to mind as somebody who would make that joke on stage. One of my my favorite Dave Attell jokes is talking about the retarded girl at McDonald's. <laughs> and being desperate and drunk at like four AM and he's like he's oh, I have like, a story for you. I have she a story. Maybe retarded, but those titties aren't retarded. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you know what though? It's it's like the old joke, you know. So I was walking in the woods with my little nephew and he was like, Boy, it's scary. And I was like, Yeah, well, how do you think I feel? I gotta walk out of here by myself. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's like okay, it, it, what is it seen in Goodwill Hunting where he's telling the story about being on the plane? It works better if you tell it in the first person. It's a joke, folks. Do you really think James Gunn is running around collecting uh, 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 Hardy Boys fan fiction where they're getting fisted by their uncle? <laughs> no, come on. I mean, but once yeah. again, once again. And see, now this is what this. At least we can look that up. Now, Dan Harmon, the co-creator of Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. apparently made a skit ten years ago that was goofing on Dexter, where he would go back in time and find child molesters as children and either kill or rape them. Like, and it was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Wait. Dexter the serial killer or Dexter's laboratory? Dexter the serial killer. Because okay. <laughs> I think Dexter did some time traveling too. Maybe it was a mashup. But 
Well, I mean, there is a theory that Dexter grew up to be. (laughs) (laughs) How did he lose that accent? How did he get that accent in the first place? Anyways, I digress. But yeah, so, I mean, it was obviously a skit for something like one of the more outlandish either online sites or something like Adult Swim at 3 in the morning. I mean, and, and, you know, he shopped it around. Everybody passed up on it. It was it was nothing like hidden. He wasn't trying to hide from it, and they dug it up. And here's the thing: I can't find it online. I can't find this the actual skit. All I can find is a description of it, and people being outraged and saying that he needs to, you know, they need to drop Rick and Morty and, and they blah blah blah. And that's first of all, that's one of Cartoon Network's right. biggest shows. It ain't happening, folks. Sorry. Right. Well, yeah, and also, I mean. If you were a, a fan of Rick and Morty, then you have watched a whole episode where Morty fucks a robot, mm-hmm. right? You're okay with that? You're okay with what? I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but it's like fucking what, 12, 13 years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like a tween or whatever. So, and, I mean, and the whole show is, it's just right. dark humor. Right, I think that's pretty much the the gist of Adult Swim's response was, "Yeah, have you seen a show?" <laughs> yeah, but see, this is to me, this is even more cynical coming from the far right than it is from the far left, because the far left will always try to claim some sort of moral high ground why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. There is no moral high ground for this. This is just to tear down people, and this is the problem: is that once we accepted and 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 people stood by. And did the whole well? It's not happening to me, so I don't have to. I don't have to say anything, right? You know, once once we got to that point, it it's just we're going to keep digging and digging and digging and finding lower and lower rock layers of this type of shit. And I'm I won't I'm I won't name the company because I I don't want to put them on blast. But there is a major company that a friend of mine works at. They do a 15-year internet dive on you. They yeah. require you to give access to every social media account you have, even if it's set to private. You have to show it to them. I think that's actually. I think that went to the Supreme Court at some point. I don't think they can do that. Well, they were hired over a year ago. As of when they got hired, and I'm trying, I have to play the pronoun games. I really don't want to get this person fired. Uh, they did that. To him, so I was like, "Yeah, real." I that must be a. And I, I told this person, "I'm like that must be a very, very, very good job." Better be because I would. Yeah, you ain't gonna come at me for no ten dollars an hour with that shit. I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you. The one thing that I that I thought of when you were saying that, as far as like keeping quiet because they won't come for me, is Trevor Noah. You know, yeah. I wanted to know exactly, you know, he, I guess he got in some uh, trouble. He's under the uh, mob attack now because he made a joke, a distasteful joke about an Aboriginal woman, I think a few years ago. And I, the first thing I thought of was where was he standing and where did he sit when it came to Al Franken or others who were attacked by that same mob? Right. You know, what was his take then? I don't watch The Daily Show anymore. I don't really find him entertaining. <laughs> what are you going to do when they come for you? Huh? Yeah, what are you going to do? 
And I, I'd love to. I'd love to know that. I'd love to know where he sat when it come to, came to Al Franken. Where it came to, you know, I'm not defending uh, Kevin Spacey, but when it came to that, when it came to other people who have been attacked, prosecuted, and sentenced in inside the center of the mob, where was he? And what did he think was going to happen? I mean, if you dig deep enough on almost any of these comedians, any of these personalities, I wonder how far. I wonder what you could dig up on John Stewart. From the 90s, during his stand-up days. Oh, he had some hey. shit that would get him in trouble with the Jewish community. Yeah. I, may, I may have an answer for you. Uh, he spoke about Al Franken a number of times, apparently. Yeah. Um, it's unclear, you know. I don't know. I don't know. He's cracking jokes. I, it's hard yeah. to tell what he really He says if Al Franken was a Republican, for better or worse, he'd still have his job. It's true. Which is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I said, I, I haven't researched it. I don't watch The Daily Show anymore. I've tried to watch him a couple of times, and I just he doesn't interest me in the least. Um, but I'd like to know that because you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing when you're purging your ideological enemies, right? Or when you're purging someone who's obviously a degenerate. But when that bar is lowered to almost imperceptible levels when anyone you can lather up the mob and convince them is a degenerate is lynched? What do you have? Where are you? What standard are you going by? Right. And that's the thing that, that there are warning signs of this all over the place. Well, it's just indiscriminate now. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I, to the point, I'm to the point where I just look at it like this. I'm learning to enjoy going, I told you so. You yeah. didn't want it. You didn't want to hear it. You didn't want to listen. You told me to go put on my tinfoil hat. Now that it's happening, you need to you need to get yourself some salt and pepper and sit down to a big old slice of humble pie. Hey, Rich, your future's bright. You're going to be able to do this a lot. And yeah. the, the, bi- the bitch of it is, I don't. I, I, <sighs> you got to take joy somewhere, baby. <laughs> it's it's. I, I kind of I kind of have resigned myself to. Um, I'm not going to go so far as, as, as Drew from, you know, his podcast and say I'm resigning from the human race, but I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. I see, you- I, I, can't, I, I don't give a fuck about politics because nothing, nothing ever fucking really changes for me. Shit does, it, it, if it changes, it hardly ever gets better based on anything that I've been told and brainwashed for 41 years it's my duty as an American to do. Right. And anything that I, any, any suggestion I throw out there, I'm looked at like I just walked into like a Disney movie beating my fucking meat. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's that old, I hate to invoke Alcoholics Anonymous because you and I both despise it, but they're, you know, it's the, the, um, what is it? The wisdom, uh, the, 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 how the fuck does it go? The wisdom. All the serenity prayer. Yeah. 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 I think that really fits here. You know, you know what you can change, you know what you can't change. Be smart enough to know the difference. Right. But there's, there is a point I vacillate between this man. I've got, you know, I've talked about that Joshua doctrine a number of times, you know, the only winning move is not to play when there's a poor choice between Stalin and Hitler. Where the fuck do you go? But there's, there's a really fine line there too, because there's also, the notion that both sides are closing in on you. You can put yourself in a shell, all right, and try to weather the storm, but eventually what happens if either one of these tides or both sides start to start to compress and collapse the shell upon you? Then what do you do? You know, that's... Uh, it, it's it's, uh, it's, it, it's mind-numbing. It's mind 
at that point, all I can do and all anyone could do in that situation is try to keep your head above water and weather the storm. That's yeah. it. I mean, look, <clears throat> God forbid, the, 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 the double-edged sword of if this podcast was to, for whatever reason, be thrust into the fucking spotlight. Thousands of listeners now. We love you. Is that <laughs> we would be, Chris we would be, we would be loved by some. Uh, we'd be lynched and hated by most. We'd be lynched. Come on, and and and, and the the just the shit that would come out, and you know, they need to be fired. They need to be shamed into into fired from what? <laughs> <laughs> but you you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Exactly like, what you're saying. Yeah, and it's it's like why? Because we refuse to fucking play a game that's rigged from the start. Actually, I was fired. I was fired from radio. This isn't radio. I'm here because I'm not in radio anymore. <laughs> 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 you don't have that to hold over me at this point. It's already happened. I found another venue. Go fuck yourself. You're not going to fire me from this. I'm not going to paycheck. Exactly. There's no corporation to shame with my tweets. Chris will laugh at you. Chris will flip you off. He'll tell you to go fuck yourself. That's what I said. Someone would have to buy Christopher Media. Right, just to fire us. Just to fire us. <laughs> and if Chris is smart, I know you listen to this, Chris. We're thinking about you this week. But if somebody offers to buy Christopher Media just so they could fire us, I'm thinking $10 million is a nice number. If they really want to fire us, that's fine. And then we, could, we can all go buy some nice land in Mexico and ride the storm out. Ride in the storm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just start a new network. I was gonna say, yeah, we're yeah. Come and get us in Mexico, fuckers. <laughs> I mean, should we start brainstorming for our new fucking show title? <laughs> I mean, seriously, hey, if you're listening to this and you hate us and you have access to that type of money, please buy the fucking network. Please do. Please do. We're all about it. Yeah. But no, it's it's it, there was uh, something I saw today, and, and and when you mentioned that half the people will love us, half the not even half the people will love us. We, we've almost pretty much. I said some, some people in, love us. It, it, very few. Don, thank you for your friend request. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I just don't let people in. I shouldn't have brought that up. I apologize. But anyway, there's going to be a very small group of people that really identify with what we're saying. But we're in a position now since we're not ideologically um, affiliated to where we're going to be hated by both sides. I saw this thing come up on Twitter. It's an old, it's an Ayn Rand tweet or quote, apparently. It was a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was ahead of her time. Fucking <laughs> um, but it said something like, there's always two sides to, a, 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 two answers to a question. One good, one, uh, one bad, and the middle is always evil. That's how people see us. That's how people are going to, you're either with us or against us. It's the Bush doctrine, right? So if you're, if you're somewhere in the center, if you're not affiliated with either, either one of these extremist parties, and, and the center is shrinking. I mean, as, as both sides radicalize, there's less and less room to breathe in the middle, right? You're going to be seen as evil because you're, by default, by not supporting this batshit side or the other batshit side, you're tacitly supporting them because you support neither. Right. It's like so you're going to get it. You're going to get it from both sides. Right. It's it's like trying to stop a, a guy from beating up on his old lady in public, and then they both turn on you. Exactly. Yeah. 
So this is, I mean, we, we like to put ourselves in, and we're like everybody else, we like to put ourselves at least subconsciously and psychologically in an elevated position of wisdom, right? <laughs> that we think uh, we, we've got it figured out. But the one thing that we've got to keep in mind, and most people who are trying to reside in the middle here, is this is not an enviable place to be. This is going to be a place as things move forward and things get more intense and more radicalized bilaterally, where this is going to be the eye of Hurricane Katrina at some point, because there's not going to be any shelter here. Well, it's much easier to pick a side. You have to. I mean, all the talking points are right there. You just retweet them and parrot them. Right. You know, you're, you're on the team. Right. Yeah. You've got, you have a community, you have a tribe. You know, this is one thing that I wanted to, uh, I mentioned um, a few weeks ago, and we kind of got into this a little bit last week, Aaron, uh, where we were talking about tribes Mm -hmm. and, how to have one picked for you sort of by default, right? Whereas if you're, uh, if you try to be anti-tribalist, someone you perceive as attacking you will force you into a tribe, right? We, we, we went a couple of rounds on that last yeah. week. <clears throat> and the problem is, is that I'm not 100% sure that tribalism, I, I've had to rethink this a little bit, and I don't know how well, how well I'll be able to articulate it, but it's biological. It's not something that I, I, I think that I've sort of assumed and described it as a contemporary negative phenomenon, right? I don't know that it is. I think it's essential. I think it's biological. I think it's something that we need. We need a community. We need a tribe. We need someone to align ourselves with biologically and psychologically. I I definitely agree with you. I just don't see the equivalence between being biological and being essential because... There's no choice. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think no, I, when I, I say essential, I don't think there's a choice involved at some on some level. Well, what that to say that it's a that it is biological and essential means that it's something that we can't overcome. Right. It's exactly. And I, I feel like you know that we were tribal out of interest of survival. And people that didn't look like us were definitely from some other tribe. And, you know, we were very protective of, you know, our own people in our tribe and our possessions in that tribe. You and know, our beliefs. And the, and the land. And, and, yes, yeah. all, all that stuff. All, the mm-hmm. things that we looked at as holding our own tribe together were threatened right. by outsiders. Right. And certainly we still. Well, <laughs> uh, but it has changed, right? I know. It hasn't completely changed, but there's plenty of people on this planet that have overcome that natural sense and realized that there's nothing that really differs between me and this person with another skin color or from another culture. I don't know that I've, I'm not prepared to argue that this for an hour. Uh, I don't know that that's true because I've, I've been involved with a lot of people who presume to come from that angle and would like to put themselves up on that um, sort of evolved pedestal. But if you talk to them long enough, and this is one of the things that I've done down in Peru and Central and Latin America with all these folks that have pulled themselves out of society and want to see themselves as part of the human family, the human civilization, the global community, they inevitably, when you start really talking to them and having a conversation, will tribalize themselves and find the other, be it conservatives or Trump voters or people just not quite as smart as they are. The tendency, okay. the tribal, the tribal I, tendency is there. I feel, I feel where you're going with this, but um, 
that's a better version than just drawing the dividing lines between culture and race. I, I'm not saying it, it's ideal, but... Well, I'm not sure I really want to like start to classify and, and, and put these things in tiers you know, as better or worse. My point being is that I, I, I'm getting to the point, I, this is a very, very large ship to steer for me, and I'm not quite there yet, but I'm starting to edge towards this notion that regardless of priorities and, and putting these things at, from better or worse in a list and sort of bullet-pointed, I'm starting to think that this is something we can't help. Well, that, we can be tribalist by nature, right? But we can understand that some of those instincts... I guess, mm-hmm. aren't always in our best interests and we can overcome that, right? I mean, me having my tribe being, what, let's say nerds, right? And I feel this kinship to the people who are enjoying the same comic books that I'm reading and the artists that work on them, right? So right. I'm great. I'm, I'm kind of... That's community. Well, well, that's tribe, right? I mean, isn't that... Is that any different than is there what a we're distinction? talking about? I don't know. Is there a distinction between an interest community? Well, I think okay. Here's and a the tribe you identify with. Here's the, here's the distinction for me. The community is a positive aspect of that, and racism is a negative aspect of that. And so we're we're smart enough. We're evolved enough. Say that again. To know which one. Community is the the positive aspect of tribalism, and racism is the negative aspect of tribalism. What about Jonestown? That was what community. about? <laughs> that's what I. That, that's. Uh, I'm. I'm, I'm kind of being. I think I'm being a little bit of a. I'm, I'm playing well, Chris's no. role as the as the negativist because, here. Because because community to me means that people are coming together and everybody's putting in what they have to offer to make that community work to be something bigger than the individuals that make it up. Right. Whereas okay. whereas poisonous tribalism is just. I'm going to believe. And align myself with what these people say that look mm-hmm. like me and against these other people who don't look like me or is don't it, believe it, what I believe. Is it inevitable then to have this positive community you're talking about? Is it inevitable? And I'm not saying this with it's not a loaded question. I wonder, legitimately wonder, if it's inevitable that the positive community turns into the toxic tribalism at some point. I, th- I wonder that if it's just something that's hardwired in our minds, in our souls, in, in, in the DNA from, from whence we sprang. That eventually you can start off <laughs> no, with these a- utopian ideas, but it does it eventually metastasize into something uh, malignant. Right, but, well, I guess the, the best analogy I can think of is, and we've kind of talked about this in the past too, I'm not sure if you were on the show, Todd, but uh, the idea that... Um, you know the defense for male behavior sometimes, and certainly more predominantly in the past, has been well. It's just in my nature, right? Boys will be boys. Boys. Yeah. Well, I was. You know, this is how humans survived. You know, the male spreads his seed. I'd sleep with as many people as possible, and right. that's used as a defense to have these horrible relationships or to mm-hmm. to lie to people or use people or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can. You can look at and understand an aspect of something that's core to your nature and something that you feel like at one time was a positive in propagating the species that now you've let take control and is only a a negative thing in our current society. Right. But once again, 
you just to you take something like you know boys will do boys. Now, when I was growing up, I never meant go grab play grab ass with some chick in <laughs> school. That meant you go outside, you get into a fight with your best friend. Yeah. And go. ten minutes later, it's you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, go hood surfing down a dirt road. Yeah, sketching on the back of cars and yeah. down side streets in the wintertime. That's yeah. the, that's what that shit meant. It's mm-hmm. now been turned into this by people, by the way, who were not being referenced by boys will be boys into, oh, no, that just excuses a bunch of, of, of horrible male behavior. Yeah, no, it's... it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, it, it absolutely doesn't. My mother used to say, boys will be boys all the time when me and my friends would be outside playing ball and go in for a hard slide, take them out. Next thing you know, you're beating the shit out of each other. And Ten minutes later, you're fine. Yeah, you shake hands, you, you play the game. That's what that meant. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, and I was raised that way. Now, I and I can't think of one of my friends who was raised that boys will be boys means you can, that, that gives you a pass to go around to lie and cheat on your wife or your girlfriend or date rape women because, well, that's just in my nature. No. We, we I, evolve, I, we've evolved beyond the, I'll take that a step further. I grew up in in the sweaty redneck groin down there in southern Michigan, right? Red, Redneckatopia. And I know for a fact that had you behaved that way, had you date raped somebody back 30 years ago, there are a lot of guys down there who would have knocked the living shit out of you. Yeah, you might not make it to the police station. Yeah. There was a, there was there was a sense of uh, it, not with everybody, but a lot of people would would stand up against that kind of behavior, even in the biggest redneck parts of the country. I, mean, you know, that's, I don't I don't ever remember that. I'm sorry. I, I just I don't ever. I'm like you. I don't ever remember that behavior being condoned, and and said it's okay just because you have a dick. I've never heard that. I've never had it implied to me. Well, I, I think rape is an extreme example, and I've never heard that used as a defense of rape but certainly i you know i've heard it out of the mouths of plenty of guys who yeah use it as uh as a cover for their behavior well it's just in my nature mm-hmm. i i mean okay just for a perfect example when trump when the tape came out where he said you know oh i just grabbed him by the pussy and i'm gonna tell you what i've i've sat in it with a group of guys we're drinking, we're smoking, there's no women around, and there's always one asshole who says something like that. And I'm going to say easily 90% of the group roll their eyes, their eyes. and go, <laughs> whatever. They go, you throttle your cock with, that's all you fucking do. That's the only thing you right. grab is your own dick, dick yeah. douchebag. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because it's, it's bullshit 90, 90% of the time. Because let me tell you something, people who go around doing that shit usually don't advertise it. That's a good way to get caught and get a case. I'd like to see the numbers on how guys around the country reacted to that tape. Without the ideology and without the, you know, the, the political campaign involved and the presidential campaign and all that, I'd love to see just a readout, a digital readout of the reaction guys around the country had to that. I'll bet you it was, I would go higher be, than 90%. I'd be like 98% of the people rolled their fucking eyes because they'd heard that shit before. I would I would find it very difficult to believe that anybody heard that and went, yeah, that's a real look. I wish I could be Trump. Yeah, I would, I'd grab all the women by the pussy. Look, at he gets away with it. No, he fucking doesn't. What, He's what, never done that. What kind of person it actually never happened? 
believed that was a literal play-by-play. Right. I mean... People who wanted to believe it. Exactly. People who wanted to believe it and people who... You know, it's, it's like... For, it's, it's like it's like a story Stephen King's hold about uh, an old lady come up to him and said, "I love your books, I love your work, but why do you have so much cussing in it?" And he goes, "Because I'm writing about the conversations guys have mm-hmm. between themselves." And she goes, "Well, I've been around guys, and they don't talk like that around me." And he goes, "Ma'am, I'm writing about conversation guys have when you're not around." Right. right. Well, that, that's the thing. Like when that. It's almost like when that came out, we're like, "Okay, this this shows exactly." what an idiot this guy is, who this person is, right? Yeah. And then the extreme left went, oh, yeah, yes, he's, it does show who he is. He abuses women. He just admitted to, no, you're missing the point. He's Lead. vile. He doesn't think anything of women. He thinks he's better than these, than these women. He, he may think that he deserves to just walk up and grab, and that's something that he would probably do if he thought he could get away with it. But I, it doesn't mean that he's a rapist, right? right. But it, doesn't, he, it doesn't mean that he's like people want roping people. They don't even take this shit literal. They just wanted the PR opportunity, the propaganda opportunity in the but campaign. They, they, but this, they really think that this is helping. Like, they, if they take everything to extreme, po- as, as, as extreme as they can, then that strengthens their argument. When really all it does is say, well, look, obviously. <laughs> Who won the election? It doesn't help anything. I right. mean, it, did, it didn't even, it didn't dent him. It, they jumped it, all over it for a few weeks and it didn't do anything. The, the, the problem is, is that it fuels the righteous outrage that these people feel that they, they're, they're, that they're entitled to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. Guys, let's dial it down about a hundred fucking notches and realize there is more than enough legit reasons to hate that fucking cocksucker. Right. Versus him trying to impress yeah. some D-list celebrity interviewer. <laughs> well, I like this week Tom Arnold was in the news because he's been on this kick of trying to get Trump impeached, and he thinks that he can find the right evidence to do it with. And he is it under a bag of coke? Because that's the only way he's going to find anything. <laughs> <laughs> he he believes that the unedited tapes, the raw footage from The Apprentice, is what would do this because he says horrible things about women. He uses the N word. He uh, all this shit that like it doesn't matter to to anyone, right? It. Why do you think that any of that is going to be? The, it's not going to do anything. It's if it's saying you're going to grab women to, by the pussy. It's not going to do anything to his base. No, it's an, if if the Access Hollywood tape didn't do anything, why would anybody think that anything like that coming from The Apprentice, unedited, is going to make any bit of difference whatsoever? You the, can't the righteous his character. Right. The righteously indignant will become more so. The screams of fake news and uh, a biased media liberal uh, liberal media bias. We'll just scream louder. It's just gonna. It doesn't do a goddamn thing anymore. We are we are desensitized to this, and it, it, it we get so caught up with these little bullshit, fucking you know, you know these 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 wannabe Spartacus fucking crusades that these people, you know, create that we miss the bigger picture. I mean, the whole thing with Russia. 
oh, did he collude with Russia? Did Hillary collude with Russia? Well, what happened? We need to find out. Here's the thing that, that we're not talking about. Russia has been fucking with us for fucking decades. They are today. That's what they fucking do. A fish has got to swim. You feel me? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? I, yeah. But we don't talk about that because we want to fucking. They just yeah. want to destroy us. They don't give a shit who wins. They might give a shit as in, hey, right. those people who worship Donald Trump are a lot more easier to manipulate. No, it's about the dissension. It's about the uh, united we stand, divided we fall. Exactly. If you can divide, it will fall. That's and it. That's, that's it. That's simply it, isn't it? And and that's that's I, I just every time I listen to NPR or I read an article or I read an op-ed or I overhear a conversation because I don't get into these conversations with people in the real world because I can't I can't handle room temperature IQs and their opinions. You're smart. I I I just go. Do you not fucking are you? Why are you planting bushes to beat around? Don't you see the real issue here? Is that we are you are doing their work for them. You are driving the wedge deeper in between two groups who could not be farther apart at this point in time. And you're doing it gleefully and you don't give a shit. All right. I mean, Trump and his team used the Stormy Daniels story as cover, right? They leaned mm -hmm. into a lot of that story in order to obfuscate the bigger picture of what they're really concerned about, the Russia story. But it, it, and it, this goes back to what I was saying, I believe it was last week. I got to wonder how much of this is the, the powers that be, the people who actually run this country, you know, the, if they're just like, eh, the public can't handle the truth that Russia has been using psychological warfare and guerrilla tactics and psychological warfare to attack us through our culture, through higher education, Etc. Etc. For fucking decades since World War Two, basically, oh. and 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 we can't let them know that because they can't handle it. They can't deal with no. the fact. That it's, I, I, it's like it's too much. It's like we would lose national pride to be like, oh, you got taken for a ride. Rich, I, I don't say this often, you know, but I feel like you're completely wrong on this. It's, you can't pin this one on the media. This is the same shit that happened with the Middle East when when nine eleven happened. No, no, we no, went, no, 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 no. We I'm went. The media. I'm talking all about. All of a sudden, everyone woke up and went, whoa, all these Arabs hate us. What's going on? You know, I'm not talking about the media. I'm talking about people in the FBI, people in the CIA, people in the high, higher up parts of the government are going, we can't, we can't let the, the general public know that, that we got got like this. They can't handle it. They can't take that blow to their ego. Their pride is too fucking much. They walk around waving a fucking flag. To quote Doug Stanhope, you were born free, you got fucked out of half of it, and your dumbass is waving a flag to celebrate the fact. That's what Americans are for the most part. We can't, that, that's what I'm getting at. This is not, the media is just a tool that's being used. I can't get mad at the wrench for fucking being, being used for what it was created for. It's the people who are fucking using the wrench the way they are that you should be fucking looking at. Not the wrench itself. That's why. I, I truly believe that. And it, well, I can agree with you there because I'm, it, it's the same way that our intelligence communities underestimated the threat from Al-Qaeda. Exactly. And here's the thing. 
We fucking trained them. We knew what they were capable of because we taught them. We supplied them. How the fuck did we not think that that would come back to bite us in the ass? Pride. That bullshit pride. Well, we also taught Russia most of their tricks. You know, something Something that, it, watching the, the, the Ken Burns World War II documentary, something that has never been brought up in a history class that I was in in high school or college was after VE Day, the Japanese were pretty much, it was us. And Japan went to Russia and said, why don't you throw in on our side? We can take out America. And Russia played the game of, we're just going to sit here and see who, how the tide turns. Think about that. Think about that. Those were our allies fighting the, the, the Germans. And Japan went to them and made them that offer. And Russia didn't commit or, or go, get the fuck out of here. They let's, just said, eh, we're going to sit and chill and see how this turns out. Let's not mischaracterize Russia too much here, because the only reason they were our allies in that war is because they were attacked. No, abso- absolutely, absolutely. They're not I'm our not- friends. They weren't on our side because they liked us. But, what, but that's, that's, that's kind of my point here. I, I, it, it's, things have flipped so much in the last 10 years to where now the left is defending the CIA and the FBI, <laughs> and the right is demonizing them. Right. And 10 years ago, it was the CIA got us into this bullshit war because they knew we had that Saddam had weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, right. That's you the know, whole, yeah, insert, well, insert your religion and your doctrine here uh, and adjust the facts accordingly. I mean, I'm not, not saying it would actually matter, but a lot of this Trump presidency is exposing what the, the true uh, ethos of the Republican Party is because it's not... Uh, the, the the idea that just from what happened recently with the trade war, right? Trump puts all these tariffs on like steel and aluminum and all these products and uh, other countries that we trade with responded in kind. And it ended up hurting our farmers, which are part of the re- longtime Republican base and certainly, I'm sure, supporters of Trump that he wants to hang on to. So... They get a $12 billion bailout to ease this uh, until he can figure out this trade issue from a Republican. It seems insane. Mm -hmm. What do they... What does this party even stand for? Well, no, it doesn't stand for a goddamn thing. It stands for power. It's, it stands for not wanting to jeopardize its position of authority at this point. And if you come out against Trump, this, is, this has been all over the place. This is one common uh, uh, thread over the last couple of weeks and even longer is that you cannot come out and speak out against Donald Trump now. Unless you're not running for office, unless you're not up for re-election, like John McCain. For example, I mean, have you guys watched TV here in the state in the last few weeks? Do you watch? Have you seen the Bill Shooty commercial? He's no. I think he's running for governor here in Michigan. Oh, uh, was that the is that the guy who talks about rounding up illegals in his truck? Yeah, probably. I don't know, but uh, the only thing that I do he's know, like, yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that's him. But the the ad that he's running in the state right now. And I could get go on to Rick Snyder with this, but I'll stick with Shooty for a second. He's running like. Bill Shooty is the only candidate who stood behind Donald Trump. Think about that for a minute. Think about where the Republican Party is, where this president, after Reekgate a week ago, you're still having a candidate for governor talking to its base, saying that he blindly supports this particular man. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed. 
There is not nothing has nothing is changing. This isn't a this isn't a party anymore. This is demagoguery. This is we talked about this a month or two ago. This is the party of Trump now. It's Trump against everybody else. And if you cross him, if you cross his base, you're done. That's why you don't see more people standing up against what happened in Helsinki last week. They can't. You know, it's not a profile in courage if you don't have an office to hold. This is where we are. And it's, <laughs> there's no way out of this, man. You can't expect that party to moderate itself now. It's, it, it, it's like it's gotten past the point of no return with them. Well, the other thing is there is no interest on a, on a large scale, at least, to even try to figure out what happened and how we got to where we're at. No one, it, no one wants to fucking talk about that. You can't. You can't, you can't fix something unless you know why it broke and where it broke. You can't just, it's like walking up to your car and go, it don't start. Fuck right. it, I'll throw it away. No, you take it to a mechanic and you get it diagnosed. You're, speaking, no, you're speaking logically. Human beings are not logical. We're not rational. We're not Mr. Spock. And that's the problem. I, I, I understand you're right, Rich. You're 101,000 right. But you can't do that. You can't look somebody in the face when you're selling a political bill of goods and say, you know what? This is your fault. You can't do it. It's a bad dollar. That's <laughs> yeah, a bad dollar. That's a horrible dollar. Horrible times dollar. Like these. <laughs> no, it is though. You can't say to the people, it's you. You can't say to the mass, the teeming massive, masses of ego throbbing and pulsating around the country inside of their little echo chambers that you are responsible for where we are. You are at fault for the tribalism, for the divisiveness, for the lack of information, the lack of truth permeating the discourse today. You can't say that because they'll change the fucking channel. We can't even say something as truthful and, in my mind, just matter of fact as all the presidents of all the presidents that have been elected and sat in office since I've been alive. There's only one who's who, by the UN standards, is not a war criminal. That's Carter. That's it. All right. <clears throat> we can't even we can't even have a, a realistic conversation about. There is a set of standards that we impose on the rest of the world, and there's a set of standards we have for ourselves. And our standards are constantly in flux with how we what, – what do we want to do? Hmm. If we want to do this, boom, the standards – fuck it. It's like the rules of engagement in the war zone. Sometimes they're high. Sometimes they remove the fucking bar. It just depends. Right. And that's exactly what we've, we've done as a country. And I – this is why I, I just – I don't – you're right, Todd. I hate to, I hate to say it. There's no fixing it. No, all you, no. all you, all you communists, all you white, all you uh, 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 nationalists, all, <laughs> yeah. every, everybody who thinks they got some sort of miracle political theory that's going to fix this, it's not going to be fixed. The best we can hope for is that we settle into a comfortable number two or three spot when the next world power comes to rise, and we 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 basically be become. The United Kingdom part two. That's what that's what we do. We just hope that we our lives can stay our our, our standard of living and our comfort level can stay oh, as high no. as possible. That's not gonna, that's not gonna happen. No, that <laughs> you think we're gonna be the UK or or, or Italy. No, the, the problem is do you know how much hatred is out there for us at this point? There was a lot of hatred for the UK as well, but 
India didn't have a lot of reach once upon a time. The chickens are going to come home to roost. If we're knocked off our perch for everything that we've done in Latin America, in Southeast Asia, maybe 40, 50 years ago, I, 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 I agree with you. We're going to become the country of reek. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's why the, I said all we can do is hope. You're right. And what we're seeing, I, I think we're seeing sort of a, a metaphorical glimpse of this when we start to talk about um, the anti-white male sentiment that we're seeing inside of our own borders. You're starting to see a little bit of how that's going to go. If you can think abstractly enough and apply that to, let's, let's say, 10, 20 years down the road and we've been knocked off our perch, we're suddenly Great Britain, we're suddenly Rome. If you can see how the quote-unquote progressives want to treat the old oppressors, we pale penis ogres, that's how the rest of the world's going to treat this country. And the problem is, is that the people who want to go, oh, you cisgendered white male, yeah, yeah. shut yeah. up. They don't realize that we're all Americans to these people. Yeah. The Taliban yeah. does not give a fuck if you walk around saying that you are a LGBT member, a community member, and you support Muslims. They don't give a fuck. They're not going to give you a pass. Vichy was treated better than the resistance was. The collaborators were treated better than those who went underground and fought the Nazis. That's the only element. That's the one thing that came to mind when I said that. Maybe may you're playing the Uncle Tom role and positioning yourself for a, a loftier perch in the new order or in the new society, maybe. Well, the, problem, the problem that I see with all that is is that let's just play the what-if game 20 years down the line. Most of the, over 50% of seats that hold power in this country are held by someone besides white men. And there is some sort of reckoning coming. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that where is that going to come from? It's not, it's not going to be the party of Trump that's going to be leading that charge. It's going to be the, the, the people on the left and they always have to have an enemy. And they will turn on each other and start cannibalizing each other if they don't have a big bad boogeyman to scare us with. It's, mm -hmm. it's really no different than the boogeyman that the government has used, that governments have always used. And religion. And religion to keep people in line. Oh, you have to be scared of communists. Now you got to be scared of terrorism. Oh boy, you got to be scared of the opiate crisis. Got to be scared of this. Got to be scared of that. It's always something. But th the problem is, is that these people do not understand. It, it, there is no, there is no end game. There is no we won. Plant the flag and let's fucking build our utopia. Right. It's a constant battle. They crave it because whether or not they want to realize it. They want to fight. They want to fight wars, and they want to win battles. They're too big of pussies to go sign their fucking name on a piece of paper and get handed a gun and go do it for real. So they want to do it over here from the safety of their fucking computers, and they think they're actually doing something. Well, and this isn't this isn't something that's new, though, man. This isn't something that's that's specific to the internet age and social media, although it has sort of exasperated the problem a bit. But I, I'll go back to the Dostoevsky thing. You know, I've, I've been, the more I read this, I, I threw myself, as I said, at a crime and punishment this week, right? And the the the, the common themes, <clears throat> I, I don't have them in front of me. I highlighted them, and I'm going to put them into a little thing and and, may, and maybe send it to you guys off of my Kindle at some point. But the arguments, the conversations, the conflicts, the activism, the quote unquote protest 
the intellectual warfare, the battle for the soul, fought in 1860, written into this fictional text, is almost identical to the way it is now. What's past really is fucking prologue. We've been here fucking before. You can look back at the 1930s. I'm watching TCM this week, and every now and then they put on a movie from the 1930s. And if you watch old movies, you guys are, are media buffs. You like movies, you like films. If you go back to the 1930s, there's a, a very heavy socialist theme back then. It's when we were looking at communism as a, as a real possibility because of the Great Depression. You know, Stalin, his horrors hadn't be, been fully exposed yet, right? So there's, you look at Grapes of Wrath, and Our Daily Bread was the one that I was watching this week. It's this recurring thing, this conversation, this argument, this battle that, re, that constantly keeps recurring, almost like a social herpes, that you just can't help but scratch every now and then. And we're right back at it again, but now we've got the internet behind it. We've got interference from Russia. It, it, we have been here fucking before. Absolutely. And Todd, can you, can you even be shocked? People don't. The, the, the severe lack of historical context. I can't believe it. I can I mean, it is yeah. literally, it is literally like that. I can't remember what, what, what comedian did it, but he goes, you know, I've traveled the world and wherever you go in the world, this is, he was talking about when Bush was president, they know who the fuck Bush is, mm-hmm. but we're so arrogant that we'll, we'll start talking to someone from another country. We'll be in their country. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, do you know who our president is? I don't, mm, I don't want to know that shit. I don't care. He gives a shit, yeah. That is the attitude when it comes to, do you not see that we are just repeating the same mistakes and we're going down the same road? And what is different this time? Please point out to me what's different. How are you, how are you going to not make the same mistakes that were made before you? It's a fundamental flaw. It's a fundamental flaw in the philosophy. You have to make the same mistakes. You cannot correct it because you're, you're not taking human nature into account. You were just talking about it a minute ago, Rich. You were making a very valid, rational, logical argument with, with nice right angles on your squares, right? That is not how people function. People don't behave that way. They, don't, they have emotions. The ego drives us. You know, there's another uh, thing Dostoevsky put together. Notes from the Underground. I think I sent you guys a link to that in the chat this week. And if you read it, what it basically points out is that people will act against their own best interest, their own best fucking interest. They will be self-destructive simply to have and show, show you that they're capable and still have an independent choice. If you try to impose something on anyone, eventually they will, what is it, cut their eye out to spite their face? And cut their nose off despite the face. Yeah, however it goes. You get my point, right? No, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. I know these cigarettes are giving me cancer. I can still smoke. Fuck you. Don't tell me I can't smoke. I don't give a fuck about cancer. I'm going to smoke just because you tell me I can't. That's exactly how human beings function. Yeah, there was... Uh... One other thing. Hold on. The, yes. the, other, the other thing is, too, is that with communism, socialism, and having this big, huge overlord state organizing everything, compelling everything for the greater good, which is arbitrarily determined by somebody else, not only takes away individuality and sows rebellion on some sense, but it also plays into the power aspect of human nature, the ego, to control other people, to impose your will as a tyrant upon someone you've conquered or someone you have beneath you. 
That's the thing. That's why the algebra, the, the, the communist, the socialist algebra doesn't square. You can't square it because it doesn't factor in human nature. All you have are numbers on a piece of fucking paper. You try to build that scaffolding, the building will fall. Your architecture is defective because you do not factor in human nature. You know, what you just said is pretty much, you put, you put it in a way that, that, that uh, I've been thinking a lot about like relationships, my relationships the last couple of weeks. And, and I was talking with a friend and they said, why don't you, why aren't you in a relationship? Why do you not care? Like you, you honestly are one of the few people who just don't give a shit that you're not in a relationship. And it's because of what you just said, because when I get into a relationship, I turn into a person I don't like. I tried to change the person I'm with. I become a lot more controlling. I, and I don't like that. I don't like those. Those are not traits in anybody that I find endearing. But they're traits in everyone. Exactly. They are. So, Everyone's a tyrant. So, so uh, what, what do I do? To me, this is a very pragmatic way of dealing with it. I stay the fuck out of relationships. If, if I can't change myself, which is damn, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not going to But if I, but if I am either incapable or unwilling to change myself, then I need to be self-aware enough to not put myself in a position where I'm going to be like that with another person because I wouldn't stand for it myself. Right. And that, that's, that is, that is, it really, you, you, it really is. Everybody I talk to, or, or, or read or, or you know, fa- friends or family with who have this, like, one shot, we got the solution. It always involves authoritarian control over another large group of people. Totalitarianism. Yep, because it's for their own good. Exactly. We know better than you. So, therefore, you will do what we say. You know, that's, that's it's, you know as, as much as I get accused of being a libertarian, I really don't agree with a whole lot of their their platform depending on which one you talk to and what time of the day it is but you know one of the things is over half this country doesn't vote why is that not telling us something we don't need a fucking leader not like the way we have it set up no we're set up (laughs) the country's set up is the antithesis of that we don't need a monarch you know, we're, we're, this, this is another reason that I've I, I, I wanted to bring this up a couple of times in the last few weeks, and we never really got around to it. But the, there, there's a number of reasons why this socialistic uh, tendency, ultimately, even if it takes hold, and even if it wins the quote-unquote battle, ultimately it's going to fail, especially here. It's never succeeded long-term anywhere, for one thing. Now, you can say China, but that's a capitalist country these days. You look at the Soviet Union, the, the sort of the gold standard of communism, it failed. 60 million people dead due to starvation and famine. You look at Venezuela, it's failed. Cuba, I sure as fuck don't want to move there. I'd like to visit there, but I don't really want to move there. Eventually, it fails. It crumbles. And in this country, the one thing that we're built upon is the notion of individualism. Freedom, being able to choose your own course, do what you choose with your life. That is, it's entrenched in our DNA and who we are as a people. It's the the fundamental thing that it means to be an American is that you are free to choose your own course, right? And as soon as that system, even if it wins, even if it's imposed upon us, it's never going to last. The corrosion from underneath from that individualistic sort of uh, nexus that that we've sprung from, will destroy it. It has to. There is no way that that half of the country 
if you want to look at it as, as, as evenly split as I like to do, because look at the election. It's the only thing we can go by, right? I think we're evenly split. We have more progressives, or as many progressives as we do conservatives. But that doesn't factor in how many are clear off the, uh, the scale to the left toward the communist socialist end, right? Even if they win, there's no way that they can, I don't think, impose that sort of tyrannical totalitarianism on the other half to two-thirds of the country. How could they do that? What would that look like for that to succeed? I think, it, I think we're starting to see the, the seeds of it come to blossom. I think the, what they're, they've, the, the people who want to legislate uh, what you can say, cannot say, whatever, have pretty much figured out that that's a really hard battle to fight, and it's an uphill battle. So they figured out, we just do it outside of the courts. We, we throw them in the court of public opinion. You were the, the culture, yeah. And, and let, the, let the mob, give every, yeah. remember what they did to Mussolini? Give everybody a bat and string them up in, fucking, <laughs> in, in, in the town square. Everybody gets a free shot. Right. You know, and that's basically what we're doing verbally. Virtually. And, 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 and virtually through the internet with a lot of dissent. Whether it's whether that dissent is justified or not, whether you agree with it or not, if you don't go along with the with the prevailing opinion of your tribe and behavior, yeah, you're ostracized. And believe me, your Heard. tribe will throw you out to the wolves just as quick as the wolves will come pick your bones. Yeah, it's the contemporary purge. I mean, you know, this is now, and I kind of want to, I kind of want to like pivot to this subject because it's a subject that I know Aaron, you said that you've pretty much talked about it, but I think it's, I think it's a a valid just, you know, discuss discussion to be had Mm -hmm. about, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, toxic fanhood or whatever. That kind of goes with what I'm saying to where case in point, the new star Wars movie comes out. Now there's a group of people who don't like it because they feel that Disney's pushing an SJW agenda and they made all the men stupid and all the women were, you know, big, tough, blah, 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 and all this. And there's people that love the movie. And there's people that didn't like the movie because they're going to pick apart the plot, the plot holes. They're going to say, what the fuck? You said you spend a whole, the, the previous movie setting up a bunch of shit just to tear it down in the second movie. What the fuck was that about? And they just don't like the movie. But here's the problem. Those people get lumped in and Oh, well, you, you, just, you hated it because you can't handle strong women. You're a man, baby. No, I'm not. I don't like shit movies. I, I, same reason I don't like Cannonball Run 2. Caddyshack 2. What, what the fuck? Uh, Major League 2 rocked, by the way. Uh, Major League 3. It's the same reason I don't like Major League 3. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> you got no marbles. <laughs> Waivers? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, you know, you're a Star Wars fan and and I, I, you know, I posted this on a, on a, a a big thread about the the latest Star Wars movie. And I basically have come to understand that Disney does not give a fuck about the original fans. They don't give a fuck about me. They don't care. These new movies are for younger kids and the younger generation. They're, they're going, okay, either you're going to give us your 7 to $10 to sit and watch the movie, or you're not, but we really don't care. We want to build fans that are going to be you in 20 years. 
30 years, whatever it is. So these movies aren't directed at me anymore. And it's kind of a take it or leave it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. It's fine, whatever. To me, I think it's a very shitty thing to do to a group of people who you wouldn't have the franchise you did if they didn't support you. And then I see something like how the Marvel, how Disney handles Marvel and how Marvel handles the criticisms that come their way. And there's been a lot of it. And Marvel handles it heads and shoulders better to me than the Disney end of Star Wars handles their end. I, when, did you, when do you hear Marvel directors going online attacking the fans of the franchise, calling them out, saying, we don't want you, we don't need you to come see our movies? I mean, I, I'm t- it, w- first of all, I'm in customer service. What kind of customer service is that? Well, uh, Marvel movies are also predominantly white male, so... Well, I mean... Once again, but this comes up in the in the comic books a lot more. <clears throat> Pardon me, because a lot of the a lot of the main characters have been supplanted with female versions of them or African American versions of those heroes. So uh, yeah, there's a lot more being slung the way of Marvel comics than more so than uh, than the cinematic universe. And most of the criticism I've I've read online, I've I've read the horrible shit, the four chan, the eight chan shit. I've read that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not talking about that. Most of the criticism I've read online is, why the fuck are you going to come in and blow up fifty, sixty years of this character's history to shoehorn in some diversity? Why not just create new characters? Why? What? Are you that devoid of originality and ideas to where you just have to just? destroy what we have literally over half a century being built and to me that's a criticism nah that's bullshit that is one that is utter bullshit first of all you've got to do something you don't agree with it it's not bullshit for any other valid reason but go ahead go ahead let me hear okay it's bullshit because you've got yeah okay so there's this there's this decades-long history of this character right that character's not going away. You know, when, when a, a new version of that hero takes over as the main character, it's just a matter of time. Just like when any superhero dies or goes away, they are coming back. They're not erasing the history of Captain America or, or well, DC doesn't do it so much, but, uh, you know, or, or uh, any of the, the major characters. And also, people. Every time that they try and create new characters, nobody buys them, right? So this is a strategy that works. This is how they expand their universe and go, okay, well, we need some new characters to play with. So, yeah, we could just take, here's Riri Williams, right? Uh, a character that, that Tony Stark took under his wing, and she was already a genius in her own right and creates her own suit of armor. And for a short period... She was the main character in uh, in the Iron Man book. She was Iron Heart, I guess is what they call her. And Tony Stark was gone or dead or something. I don't know. I didn't read the books. He was lost in space or some shit. And then he came back. You know. And what happens is there's a, a sales bump to see, oh, what are they doing with Iron Man? There's another sales bump, and they're like, hey, Tony Stark's back. 
And now they have a whole other character that has their own book. Okay, my that question act, is, that, that actually sells. My question is yeah. this. Is that really a retcon of the Iron Man history, or is that just, hey, we're going to introduce a new character via, via this comic book? Yeah, it's introducing a new character. None of this exactly. is... Exactly. Uh, no, well, no, no, but same thing with, with uh, uh, X-23. You know, mm-hmm. basically female Wolverine. You know, that, that I don't have a problem with. It's, just, it's, this, it's this insistence that, like, we're going to make characters who never did this, all of a sudden, they're gay, or they're trans, or, or whatever the fuck. And it's like, do you, do you understand that, that we're not dumb? There, there's a lot of dumb people, but, but not everyone is dumb. That's, you're pandering, and it's insulting. And nah. then you, no, get mad, you get mad when you get criticized for putting out a product that someone's not happy with. What on what planet does that? How is that a good business model? To where you give a you you provide a product to people who are giving you money for your product, and they go, "I don't like this product. It's not good." That's my opinion. I'm allowed to say that. I, I gave you my money, and you go, "Hey, shut the fuck up." Nobody's saying that. These are corporations. These aren't people. There's not a Walt Disney still alive going, well, we need to put more uh, people of color in the Star Wars movies. This is all this is all business decision. You're telling me this is all based on does the book sell? Does the movie sell? You're telling me that that Ryan Johnson didn't come out and say, I don't give a shit. I don't want these people seeing my movie anyways, because that's exactly what he did on Twitter. And Kathleen Kennedy, who runs the Star Wars division for Disney, backed his play. Now, if McDonald's was to come out and say, we don't give a fuck if you don't like our new fucking sandwich, we're going to keep serving it. They couldn't stay open. Uh, Yeah, they could. They could if millions and millions of people said, we don't agree with that and we love this sandwich and we're going to continue to buy it. Uh, I mean, you got okay. You got the the money. The the originals. What, what is Ryan Johnson supposed to say? I made a movie and you didn't like it for whatever reason. Oh, let me go and remake that movie. I'm sorry. Let me jump in my time machine and go back and make decisions that would please you more, super fan. What is his response to that? I tell him to go fuck himself. You don't like my movie? All right. Fuck you. Don't go see it. I don't want you to go see it if you don't like it. Well, that's, that, is a, that is a recipe for success. That's all I can I, say. It is, it, it is if enough people like it and go pay for it. What do you, Rich, you've been in bands. Somebody tells you your band sucks. What do you go? Oh, really? What do you think would make us better? Uh, more <laughs> solos or should we change up our style? No, well, you go, the one thing don't I didn't, go fucking see us then. The one thing I sure as fuck don't do is start a goddamn crusade on fucking social media to tear down anyone who thinks my band sucks. And Ryan Johnson didn't do that. Disney didn't do that. They just defended the product that they put out. They're not out to get you or anyone or just or lose any fans. You know, what they're doing is working. You're telling me. You're going to sit here and tell me. With a straight face, in the last in the last five years, movies, uh, uh, movie studios, television studios, anything that, that shapes pop culture hasn't tried to force something on the fucking public who said no, we're not going for it, and shame them when they didn't go for it. 
Right. Because I knew the new Ghostbusters movie. Did you not remember that? Yeah, I remember it. Look, I can't get behind the idea that anybody's forcing anything on on anyone. This is for they make a decision and you don't like it. They're not shoving female Ghostbusters down anyone's throat. It's not required watching. Okay. And if enough people go, hey, that female Ghostbusters was a good idea. I'm gonna go see another one if they make it. Then they'll fucking make another one. And if oh. enough people, and if not enough people do that, then they'll go. Well, I guess this female Ghostbusters thing didn't work out. What fucking happens is people don't go see it. People criticize it, just like with the new fucking what, Ocean's Eight or whatever. And then the stars and the director starts coming out saying, "Oh, this is because white men won't go see this movie. This is their fault." What? No. Who asked for a fucking new Ocean's movie? Nobody. They should have stopped after the fucking first one. And that's the problem. That's the problem I have. Now, if you choose to bury your head in the fucking sand and act like that doesn't happen. I'm not ignoring that. Look, you're giving specific examples, and I agree with you on the oceans, whatever number they're on now thing. Like, clearly, that was a movie that was poorly reviewed and had nothing to do with the fact that it was an all-female cast. That's just that's one example, and I'm not going to go see that movie, and I have no interest in it. Well, let's be honest here. This shit has bled over into everything now because everything has to be about some sort of higher purpose and, 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 and reason. Nothing is what it is. You can't just dislike shit anymore without getting some sort of label tossed on you. You can't criticize something that someone else likes without it becoming like you're attacking their fucking family personally or something. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, you have, you have people who were in that fucking last Star Wars movie quitting social media going, I was told that I suck and and uh, my character was shit in the movie. If that's the worst you get online, sweetheart, you're getting a pretty good fucking deal. I wish I had the ability to screenshot the 20 plus years I've been online and the shit that's been said to me, but I don't go fucking crying about it and try to get a fucking crusade going and start labeling everything toxic because some asshole behind a fucking keyboard decided, hey, I can get away with saying this, so I'm going to fucking say it. Why don't you go get hit by a bus, bitch? Somehow, that's what that's what irritates me about all this shit. What? Okay, look, I understand your irritation with the bigger movement, but why the individuals? Why somebody who's getting harassed through their social media platform and decides to shut it down? What did they do wrong? Nothing. I, I, okay. First, first of all, look, I, I don't give a shit. There's plenty of actors who've made, who've, that I like who've made shitty movies. Plenty sure. of musicians who've made shitty albums. Okay, I don't seek them out and go, hey, you made a shitty album, Billy Corgan. Why don't you fucking eat an AIDS-infested dick? Because I'm not- lots of people do. Exactly. And he managed to fucking survive without trying to turn it into some something it wasn't, which was... It, it right. was well, fucking- you know what? Uh, surviving is shutting down your, your Twitter. If that, like, deciding that you don't need this in your life. Fine. Then take responsibility and say, I can't handle it. Not go, I'm doing this because you made me, because you made me fucking feel bad. You hurt my feelings. How dare you? Who the fuck cares about your feelings? No one gives, did we forget you do not have the right to not be offended in this fucking country? That's nowhere in the constitution. There's no law written that says you have to be satisfied with everything everybody says about you all the time. Your tone is triggering me. Good. You should be fucking triggered. This, this, this is the bullshit I'm, 
Why the fuck is it? You can throw anything that you you want at certain people, and you can't fucking even go. I didn't like you in this movie without it turning into, oh, somehow I'm subjugating and oppressing you because I gave you an opinion about a role you played. Oh, look, Rich, if you're going to put your opinion out there, you've got to know that some assholes are going to respond negatively to it, and there's nothing that you can do about that. But you're spreading this shit everywhere. Because I mean, spreading it? Have you been online? I'm reacting to it. I'm asking, why the fuck is there, what do you call it, protected classes, protected individuals, some that are up some criticism? But you're describing actors, directors, people who are involved in making these movies that are getting, I mean, sometimes it's not just like you're a shitty actor, right? Sometimes it's like, I wish you would die. If I got, if I got tons of people on my Twitter telling me that I wish I would, I wish you would die. I would go kill yourself. Then Twitter would stop being fun for me. And I would probably shut my account down. Okay. That's how you choose to handle it. That is ultimately you going, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. And that's like all it. these actors and directors are doing. You know, actually, you know what? They're not part of some hold movement on, that's trying to change the, the movies on. that you love. Hold on. Hold on. I will acquiesce to this point. I can't remember her. I remember her character's name, Rose. I can't remember the actress's name. But when she shut down her her social media, I will say this. I didn't hear direct quotes from her attacking the entire fan base that didn't like her character. Everybody else decided to be offended on her behalf. Or the people, there was a lot of people who decided to be offended on her behalf and pick up this fucking mantle and charge that fucking hill because, I don't know, it, it virtue signaling it makes them feel good they, they think they're doing something that's the people that fuck shit up those people are just as toxic as the people going hey bitch why don't you get hit by a bus why don't you just fucking let her fucking alone what's the easiest thing in the world to do if you don't like someone leave them the fuck alone it's not hard all right i i, I don't i don't understand this mentality of if you criticize something and someone disagrees with you it has to be you have an ulterior motive. You can't just say, I don't like this story. I don't like this movie. I don't like you in this role. It has to be because you hate the, you, you, you hate women or you hate gays or you hate fucking orange juice. I don't fucking right. know. Well, here you go. I mean, well, let me ask like, you. Hold on. Question? This, this is the response to it, though, because it's... <laughs> There, it's almost like it's searching for an answer, right? Because if you didn't like fucking, we'll stick with the Last Jedi as an example. If you didn't like Last Jedi, then sh- don't see it and end of story, right? But you, but some of these people are going on and on and on about it because why? Because they feel like something's been taken from them, right? This is something that I loved and now everybody loves it. And now they're changing it and it's no good anymore, and they feel like they can write that ship. And it's not going to fucking happen. Oh, absolutely not. And, and I agree with, and I so, agree with you and so, on that part. So people on the other side are left with, why, is this fu- why does this fucking freak you out so much? You seem to be really mad that there's more females in your Star Wars movie than there were before. Why is that bothering you so much? You're really hung up on this. Doesn't that tell you something about that person? That's such a bullshit, condescending answer to any type of criticism. What else is there? I mean, otherwise, shut the fuck up. Why are we talking about this? That's like that's like if someone did you wrong and you're 
rightfully upset, a person goes, oh, who hurt you? Yeah. What happened to you? Who's rightfully upset about The Last Jedi? Nobody. Okay. They so, can, if you don't like it, unless you're a fucking reviewer, then what the fuck does it matter? Don't go see it. Right? It's, it so, didn't, Ryan Johnson didn't personally wound you. He didn't rip part of your childhood out. He's telling him his movie sucks isn't a personal attack. His fucking movie sucks. That's all it is. You're so why the your opinion, but, you, but we're not talking about just people saying, hey, your movie sucks. It's like, your movie sucks. You should die. Well, and, this is how, and this is how you should make the movie. So, okay. So, yes, I've, they're assholes. Those people are fucking idiots. All right. The problem is yeah, you can't well, be I, mad at them because they're the ones fucking it up. Then what? What the fuck do you think happens every fucking time someone speaks up? Everybody jumps on those people. The problem is, is that it turns into when someone gives a reasoned, logical critique of something, they get lumped in with those people, and that is bullshit. We talk about toxic fanhood, that mob mentality. That is exactly what the fuck that is. How dare you criticize something that I like? So and even if and even if it has nothing, even if they don't mention women or people of different ethnicities, which I, it's fucking Star Wars. Jesus fucking Christ. There's green people. There's a hammerhead shark walking around on two legs in the fucking cantina scene. Really? I mean, it, if that's what bothers people, those people are fucking idiots. It's the people who have legitimate criticism of how something's going. All right, Todd, you're a sports yeah. fan. Don't get me in on this. I'm, I'm checked the fuck out of this. No. Oh, oh <laughs> you fuck get- you. Everything that we just talked about applies to sports, and don't think it doesn't. Sports? Absolutely does. Yeah, I, I checked out like 10 minutes ago. I swear to God. I'm, I'm reading obituaries. You're, <laughs> Sorry. You're a, fan, you're, you're a fan of a franchise. That franchise starts making moves, and you're scratching your head going, what the fuck are you doing? And it sends them into a tailspin of 10 years of just fucking bottom basement dwelling. Right. Now, who? there are people, believe it or not, they call into sports talk radio all the time who go, you have no right to criticize them. You aren't a GM. You aren't the owner. You aren't the manager. Who the fuck, who the fuck are you to even have an opinion about this? What's your bona fides? What mm-hmm. have you done? That's bullshit. I'm a fucking fan who gives money for a product. You don't want me to fucking walk away from your product, put a quality product on the fucking field. That's not asking too much. That's not toxic fanhood. That is a, that is a legitimate... No, the toxic part, though, is why, why the anger when they stop making the product you like? If Coke changes their recipe and you go, I don't like it, you start a campaign against Coke... Because they, a lot of people, a lot of people uh, didn't like the fact that the Tigers traded Verlander last year. Mm-hmm. A lot of people turned on him for that because he should have been a Tiger. They should have, they should have never traded him. They should have let him finish his career here in Detroit. Blah 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 blah. It did happen. And to answer your question, yeah, when we went to New Coke, people bitched so much they went back to Coke Classic. So yes, yeah. that shit was terrible. People so. may have bitched, but that's not what gave us Coke Classic dollars. They didn't buy new Coke. That's why they went back to the old recipe. And when you have a franchise who was putting out basically a license to print money, if you put out a Star Wars movie, you're going to do easily a couple billion. And now you have a fucking, the last movie in the Star, the, the Disney Star Wars stable is a flop according to them. 
because of their expectations. It's not even doing the numbers that they thought it would do overseas. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? It tells you people are not happy with the products you're putting out for some reason. And it's arrogant mm -hmm. as fuck. It's arrogant as fuck to go, well, $350 million worth of people were happy with it. Yeah, but you know what? The Why is that arrogant? What is that? That's... <laughs> $2 billion worth of people went to go see The Force Awakens. 1.7 went to go see fucking the, the Last Jedi. 365 million. That's quite a drop off. If I was making a product and putting it out there and had that much of a drop off, the first thing I would do, and I think any business person with any sense would do, would take a look in the mirror and go, what the fuck did we do wrong? And yeah, well, whether you like it or not, attacking fans who criticize your franchise does not exactly endear them to you and want to put asses in the seats. If, if Chris Illich comes out, the owner of the Tigers, and says, we don't give a fuck about none of, none of you people's opinions in this fucking, who are a Tigers fan, you can go fuck yourself. How dare you call in the 97-1 and criticize the moves that we've made? What's wrong with you? And you're toxic. He would be signing a fucking death warrant for that franchise. He might as well put it up for sale at that point right there. Disney just thinks they have a fucking can't lose moneymaker. And they do. And they're fucking it up. I don't understand. How is this the, the market, this, the free market guy on the, on the show... Let the market decide. The market has decided that, yeah, these movies are shit. No, wait a minute. The market has not decided. Okay. I, sure, you can't argue with numbers, but it's not like The Last Jedi did so poorly that they're not going to make the, the next one in that trilogy. Han Solo was not as good as The Last Jedi, and it did appropriate numbers. The Last Jedi... Right? pissed off so many people that they fucking called J.J. Abrams to come in and say, hey, you're going to have to do this because the director we had and, and the, the, the way that he was wanting to take it and this and that, uh, we don't trust him anymore. We need to write this ship right you're fucking totally now. totally supposing. I mean, Ryan Johnson was never going to do the third movie. No, they gave him, he's, he's signed on to do his own trilogy, which is if he wanted yeah. to do, which it seems like what he wanted to do. So why the fuck didn't he just do that? Why didn't he... Or, or why didn't Disney go, whoa, wait a minute, hold on a sec. You want to take a completely different point of view from Star Wars, from what we're trying to do here, what we've set up with the first movie. Why don't you just go ahead and do your trilogy? No, they trusted their fucking director. He put out, a, at the very politest, a controversial product that, that split the fan base on whether people liked it or didn't, and for better or for worse, soured a lot of people with his reaction to the... Due to his reaction to the criticism, Th these are not these are not opinions I'm giving you. This is what fucking happened to the point where Disney said, uh, "I can't remember the director's name. He directed uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. He was signed on to do Episode Nine. They said, "You know what? Thank you. Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna get J.J. Abrams on it. H have a have a nice career." Because they said, we, "Why? Because they needed. Why would they bring back J.J. Abrams if they were so confident that they were going down the right road?" Well, they if they're so confident on their stance of go fuck yourself fan base, then why didn't they stick with Ryan? Why didn't they stick with that guy? Why did they go back to the safety of J.J. Abrams, who was going to make this nice, soft little movie that reminded you of all the old ones and was easy to consume? Because that's what, that's what, the, uh, that's what his Star Wars movie was. Because someone fucking woke up and said, wait a minute. 
Why aren't we get clearing two billion by just putting out Star Wars the toilet paper? What the fuck is going on here? It's like the NFL. It's a license to make to print fucking money, guys. And I mean, and it's not like the, it's not like the, these movies haven't had issues. You've had two movies now where directors were either replaced or threatened to be replaced. Rogue One and 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 the Solo movie. In the middle of filming, you've had rewrites, reshoots at the last minute. That never bodes well for movies. That hardly yeah. ever works out. When I start hearing that, I'm like, oh, shit, this is a clusterfuck in the making. Case in point, when I heard all of that shit about the Dark Tower movie, I was like, oh, this is going to be a just a gigantic fucking turd. And it absolutely was. I mean... Look, uh, the real argument that we're, not, that we're having here is not the quality of the Star Wars movies, though. Right, it's about feeling aggrieved that they're not making the movies that you like anymore. So you're telling me, as a fan yes. of music, Star Wars, comic books, that if uh, a franchise that that you loved started putting out a product that you were like, "This is garbage," that you have what? No right to feel that way? No. Who said anything about rights? I'm saying what's reasonable. Don't buy it. It happens all the time. Look. I read a lot of comics and I follow artists and writers, right? I love the X-Men, but when Brian Michael Bendis started writing them and the stories were shit and going nowhere, I stopped buying <laughs> X-Men comics. I wasn't outraged over the fact that I, I was like, yeah, I wish there was a, a writer that I enjoyed more on X-Men so I could buy an X-Men book, but I didn't take to Twitter and start lambasting Brian Michael Bendis and talking about how horrible he was, and he made Iceman gay. Iceman was always gay. He's just now homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's my what's your power? I can cool your drink down. Hold on. Look, I guess it's just where where you and I part ways on the view of this shit. It's just like if a band that I've loved for years and years takes a hard left and says we're going in a new direction, and I'm just like, I, it, it, this is garbage. I'm not, no, I'm not going to wish death upon them because I'm not a fucking idiot like that. Those people are idiots. I, I don't even, I'm not even trying to defend those people. But if I was, the, if I had a blog reviewing the, the new album by who the fuck ever and I put out that I didn't like it and then people jumped in and was like, it can't be because you don't like the, the direction that the music they're, they're making. It has to be for these other reasons. And until right. you admit it, we're going to fucking string you up. I, I understand that much of it because you feel like legitimate criticism is being lumped in with a bunch of idiots. But And I concede to your, your examples that you've given. I just don't see that as the climate. I don't see it as, you know, if the, if the uh, movie is an all-female cast, it can't be criticized at all. There, I... I, I I don't know what else to say, but I can only point point you to Google and type in criticism of any of these movies we've discussed and look up op-eds from people going, the only reason these movies are being criticized is because it threatens fragile masculinity, it's toxic masculinity, it's the patriarchy. Yes, look, if you search for it, you'll like, find it. I, I, I understand it's out there, but that is not... Those are... That's the fringe. Is it really any more, though? driving the culture. Is it really any more, though? Because when, when, when the chick who played Rose left social media, I didn't... No one... 
that I heard initially report it was because, oh, well, she decided to take a break because she didn't like the criticism she was getting for playing the role that she did in that Star Wars movie. No, it was she was ran off social media by trolls and toxic fanhood and masculinity and all this shit. And I'm like, really? That's how you're going to report that? Well, why not? What, why wasn't she run off? She was, in, she was on Twitter, obviously getting something out of it. And then a bunch of assholes ruined it for her. I don't know. Same reason that anytime any of us have ever been told all the same shit she was told. We, no one was like, oh, they ran you off social media, oh, huh? Come on. You got, you, you got, you've never books. gotten it that bad. We're not famous enough to get hundreds of people responding to us in that way. A random idiot is easy to ignore. A deluge of, of criticism is pretty hard to ignore, I would imagine. Well, it's, it's just amazing that a lot of other people find a way to fucking deal with it. A lot of other people shut their shit down. And there's not this, like, oh, we have to find the... I think that's a very insensitive comment. Fine, I'm insensitive. I don't give a fuck. All right. Do you think she was sitting there going, I wonder what the fucking fans' feelings are going to be about my characterization in this movie? No. She was like, oh, Star Wars movie? I, I, I need to pay rent. I like to eat. I'll be in this movie. It's not like she fucking was doing it, worried about what we think. So why the fuck should I worry about how she takes the criticism of you played a shit character that was written like garbage. That that's not, that is not. No, an ex- that you is the question. Why are you worried? I'm not worried about it. Okay. So basically what we're now, now you're going to play this game of, okay, why do you, why does it matter if you don't like it? Whatever. Okay. All right. So no one's supposed to be passionate about anything that they have a, a fucking deep love for. Right. That, is this what we're getting at? Is this, is this the crux of it? Because I don't understand. No, I admire your passion. I do. And, I mean, we're, we're differing on uh, a lot of individual things on, the, on, on what we're using, for example, the, the Star Wars movies. You know, we have a difference in, in opinion on the quality of those movies. And, you know, if I thought that those movies were shit, I'd be upset about it because I would... I was looking forward to what I was hoping would be good Star Wars movies, right? But then it tips over into, like, there's an agenda, right? (laughs) And there is no agenda. There's no agenda to say, well, these are the people that we want to go see our movies. And we want to make sure that these don't appeal to these hardcore fans. Or we don't give a shit whether we... Look, they give a shit about money. They... You want to tell me that none of the making of the uh, Star Wars movies had any intention of appealing to prior fans? Because that's what they predominantly are. They are, and that's actually why I liked The Last Jedi more, because it was less so of a nostalgia trip. As much as it referenced the old shit just as much as any of the movies, it was kind of turning things on its head. Oh, I mean, taking a hard left, it doesn't bother me. My criticisms of the movie, I mean, this is real movie nerd shit, is just there's there was things I was like, why is this in the movie? This makes no sense. This is just literally filler. They could have spent the time they spent filming that, filming other things, fleshing out other characters, developing them to the point where you actually give a shit about them. Right. I mean, like that. And when I 
give a criticism like that. Notice I didn't say there was nothing about any of this outrage from the fucking alt-right that I see. We're going to recut. Did you see these idiots recut the movie and cut out all the fucking women in the movie? Yeah. I'm like, really? 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 Are you fucking serious? That is retarded. No one I know in their right mind has defended that, even online. And I looked for people trying to defend it. People were like, oh, that's fucking stupid. Why don't you get a fucking hobby? Besides cutting up Disney movies to exclude every female character. Right. I mean, you know, once again, I feel like, okay, it's like when we talk about Antifa. What did Bill Maher say? Being anti-fascist is pretty much the default position. You don't need to fucking put it in, in, in the headline. <laughs> oh, right, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, we're we're all Americans. We understand we're (laughs) anti-fascists. Okay, so when you when you when you criticize their how they go about doing things like destruction of private property, committing assault and battery against people they disagree with, because anybody disagree with, they could just say they're a fascist, they're a Nazi, so they deserved it. Then all of a sudden, it turns into, well, you what are are you you're supporting fascism? What no. What I'm, what I, but I'm not supporting people running around with their faces covered, jumping people in the streets who they disagree with politically and thinking that's perfectly fine or destroying someone's personal property because they got a Trump sticker on their bumper. No, that's you're right. That's not fucking fine. I am against that. I see shit every day that pisses me off on people's bumpers. Here's a fucker that drives around here in Metro Detroit. You, you had to have seen it, Aaron, who has a fucking... A, a picture of a, a aborted fetus on a, on a placard, and he drives around in a truck. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm yeah, like, I always flip him off when I see him. I mean, yeah, I mean, I make sick jokes. I'm like, mm, that looks like lasagna. I'm hungry, but I mean, that's just me. That's how I deal with the shit. But he's a fucking asshole. I don't go up and personally attack him. He, someone obviously at some point, but I had to have sit in front of a a judge or the cops were called or something, and obviously the law is on his side. He's allowed to do that now. I think he's an asshole for doing it. I think it's a shit way to make your point. I think you're going to turn more people off to who would have maybe given you an ear and listened to your side by doing that. I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Like that, that's mm-hmm. this is why this is why this irritates me. I, I take away the the fucking the idiots on the extreme, get rid of them, and let's have a fucking conversation. The problem is these idiots fucking interject their bullshit into everything. To the point where you can't have the conversation without talking about them. They're, they're like a little kid who walks in and just interrupts adults and doesn't care that they're getting "quote unquote" negative attention as long as they get attention. Mm-hmm. Well, that you know, uh, there's you've researched uh, diversity in comics, right? We were talking about this a little bit the other day, and this is uh, a group that has come together that has since uh, worked to publish their own lines of what they think superhero comics should be, right? Big pecs, big tits? Let me guess. I haven't seen the comic. I'm just guessing that's what it is. Yeah. And they're very much against what they see happening in comics, especially what we were talking about in Marvel of, you know, oh, they got rid of Tony Stark and they got a black chick playing uh, in his place now. And they got rid of Thor and there's a white chick in his place. And they got rid of Cap and there's a black dude in his place. And they're just trying to get rid of all the, the white maleness in superheroes. So now we have to make these comic books that are all about white manliness in order to uh, fight that and make comics that we want to read, right? Look, I think that's 
a, a stupid and juvenile and not even a, a marketable good idea. But you're, you're free to do that, right? <laughs> and the idea that now there has to be this faction on the other side that allies, aligns against them and says, what you're doing is wrong. Well, look, you, you might, that, that can be your opinion, that you know, their, their opinion of what comic books should be is wrong. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and you may think that, that that's backwards, too. But shouldn't they be able to make the comics they want? I mean, if they have enough of an audience, which once they actually start uh, publishing these things, it doesn't look like they're even the the little the few that have trickled out are not doing great numbers. They don't have a large enough audience to sustain these books. It's not a marketable plan what they have, so it's going to collapse on itself anyway. So why yeah, not just the- why not just let it and now. Now, if fucking Ethan Van Shriver or one of these asswipes actually becomes an editor or even a publisher at DC or Marvel, now we got maybe we got an issue here. But ultimately, again, that issue is I won't buy those comic books anymore, right? <laughs> I'll be sad that you know an asshole is now writing Iron Man, but I also just won't be reading that book. But. What? Yeah, like, and why not? Why not just leave it alone? Like, okay, you guys want to have your corner where you can make your "quote unquote" traditional manly comics that appeal to your audience. That's fine, but that's treated like, well, these guys are toxic fandom, and and they have to be, uh, they should be off Twitter for the things that they say, and they should, uh, you know, be doxed and all this. Look, so they have some. I, I'm. I'm not saying they're good people. They just, they're not evil and they're entitled to their own shitty opinion, right? Well, I mean, I, all I can, all I can really say, because I'm sure Todd's fucking sawing logs over there, but is, is you say, basically, what do we always say? Vote with your dollar. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's ultimately what I do. The last two movies I went to go see in the theater were the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Now, hmm. I probably won't go see the third one in the theater. I unless the reviews come out and they're like it's just it's 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 great blah blah blah. James Gunn was such an integral part of how those movies were written and I mean he everything from the music he chose. Right. I mean he was he is intertwined with what I think of when I think of those movies to the point where it's going to take someone coming in and knocking it out of the park on the first swing for me to be like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll go fucking, you know, end up paying $30 for my popcorn, my ticket, and my fucking drink and sit in a fucking theater. And I mean, it's, but once again, there's no, I'm not, I'm not trying to start a fucking, we need to boycott. No, that's just, I'm not going right. to, I, like you said, some guy starts fucking writing and he's a fucking white nationalist or whatever the fuck for DC. I don't imagine how that could happen, but whatever. Let's say it did. I'm not going to buy your comic book. Fuck it. And if it's and if it's bad enough, I might not buy any of your products. But once again, that's just that's all you can really do unless you're going to voice criticism of it. And if you voice criticism of it and were attacked personally, not any of your criticism. I think you'd probably be like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? What? I, 
I don't like the guy's po- I don't like the guy's storylines. I don't like the, what he's trying to push. I don't like his philosophy. Period. End of story. And now I have to be attacked personally for that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I. Well, same way that uh, you know the Star Wars actors or and other people like that are, are getting attacked. Well, I mean, first of all, I think I've said this to you before. It's not like there was a lot of great acting in any of the Star Wars movies in the first fucking place. You don't go to to, to see a, a master class in thespianism being put on. Well, <laughs> I mean, the the, the redeeming yeah. quality of the prequels was it was you and McGregor, and that's it. I mean, as far as actors go. Well, that's it, not to keep harping on the Last Jedi, but I was kind of surprised at how detailed the criticism of that movie is. And I'm like, if you put any of that effort into any of the Star Wars movies, you could pick them apart until it's no longer enjoyable. <laughs> and that's what Red Letter Media did. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, sure, you know, for me, Empire Strikes Back is like the epitome of Star Wars. I don't think anything's going to be better than that. But that was also part of my experience, you know. If that, that movie came out today, I'd be like, well, it's got some issues, you know, and I wasn't so happy with this. But, you know, I'd have criticisms. I have no criticisms of it because it's perfect the way I remember it, right? And it's something that I can go back. And it's not like maybe every once in a while you're like, boy, they could have done a couple takes on that line and, and probably got something better there. But, you know, I don't, I'm not watching it to critique it, right? <laughs> And I don't know. It just seems like a lot of the critiques of The Last Jedi, like, you had to be, like, really searching or really overly concerned for somebody who likes to watch space movies (laughs) about these things. Like, I don't know. I I don't want to keep dredging. Let's just put it this way. There are people who definitely walked in to, or have walked into every single Disney Star Wars movie, looking to hate it. That was yeah. just their default position. I was not one of those people. Yeah. You know, I like Rogue One. I'd put it right after fucking Empire. People say that's blasphemy. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I, I think that was a, I think it was a strong standalone Star Wars movie, and it, I think it looked good. I think it stayed true to the, to the. Absolutely. The, 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 the theme of Star Wars to the look of Star Wars without biting it and trying to remake something. Yeah. I watched The Last Jedi wanting to like that movie. And I, when I watched it, I felt conflicted because when we talked about it on the show, I was like, yeah, you're right. It looked good. And, you know, the fight scene and blah, blah, blah. But then I went back and watched it. And I'm like, this is a shittily choreographed fight scene. And you, you threw out the one thing that, I, that no one else had, had thrown that out when someone criticized the fight scene and, and how poorly choreographed in certain people's opinions it was, you said, it's the force. They use the force to make people miss, even though they're standing two inches away from them. That's what it is. It's magic. It's the force. And I'm like, that is the world Star Wars exists in. You can just, it's the force. That's what it's there for. It's like being a Christian. Why is this like that? Why is the platypus what it is? Just God made it that way. <laughs> right. You want me to say? Right. Right. We, you told us the Earth was 5,000 years old, and we found these million-year-old uh, dinosaur bones. They're there to test your faith. Right. <laughs> There's always an answer for it. I mean, so I, I just, yeah. It, it, 
it's like anything else I, that, that, I, that, I, that I love and am a fan of. It just sucks when you go in and you're just like, Ugh. really, that's it? Okay. All right. And it's just, and if it was that, which is, man, maybe I had my head in the sand, but it feels like even 10 years ago, if you went in to go see a movie, if I, like when I went to go see Zodiac, I was like, Fincher, you fucked up. I, this is a boring-ass movie. I'm sorry. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to Excuse tell me. you. And I, and I even like Panic Room, so what's that tell you? I liked Alien 3, okay? So, I mean. Oh, dude, <laughs> underrated. So, I mean, like, I'm a Fincher defender to the death, man. I was like, this is garbage. But, well, people are like, oh, it's genius. And I'm like, I no, I don't see it. But it, it didn't get. I don't know, maybe because it's not a huge franchise that people grew up with and attach such fondness for. I mean, Christ, man, we fucking sit around and talk about the Star Wars toys we owned and shit, and we're mm-hmm. getting like a bunch of fucking kids, you know, except for Todd. Has <laughs> he snored yet, or am I just not here? <laughs> I'm quietly masturbating. Please don't interrupt. <laughs> Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Well, I don't know. I I just I I think I think sadly what's going to happen is it, it this is just there's there's going to be what what is it Drew always says in his podcast there's just too many people have a voice most of them need to shut the fuck up. I mean it's just it's there's too many people talking too many people with their own agendas and they walk into a room with their mind already set. Right. And well, here's checking things from that point, and it's like read the room a little bit, pick up the temperature of the room, move forward. But here's the problem with that: who decides? Is Drew the one who decides who whose opinions uh, should be heard and who who's not? I mean, I no, Zuckerberg. I don't why can't I don't, why can't people decide that for themselves? Right. Why I, is it that somebody has to lord over you with a whip, telling you that you're an ignorant fuck who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about? Why is it that people can't decipher that about themselves for themselves and know when to just shut the fuck up? That's the bigger question. I don't. I don't really need a ministry of truth, and I don't need somebody to tell me who's qualified to speak or not. I want people to be able to understand how ignorant they really are themselves, so they don't make an ass out of themselves and burden everyone else with their full wisdom. Yeah, I don't think we need a ministry of truth, or we don't need yeah. like our overlords to tell us, "Shut up! You've said your you, you've hit your maximum character limit for the month on social media." God, that would be wonderful. <laughs> I I think I think there needs to be like a three step process to post. Like was, you click was, post and it goes, Do you really want to post this? And you hit yes, and he goes, Are you really sure about this? <laughs> and then you go, Okay. Give you a second because we've talked about it. Todd I you and I are alike when it comes to this. We've typed out essay long responses to people before and it just went delete. You know what? Oh, I'm not even gonna bother. I'm not even gonna bother. And some of my best stuff too. You know you know I actually when I did that? Incidentally, the character limit across social media, I was kidding before about quietly masturbating. I may start now because that is such a wonderful fucking idea. Like 2,000 characters across every platform per 24 hours would be awesome. And I completely forgot what the fuck you do. Oh, yeah. But some of my best stuff that I've ever written uh, was done in that fashion. I would sit here, spend 20 minutes crafting four or five paragraphs, just completely just dismantling and dissecting something and be like, this is going nowhere. It's absolutely, n- it's worthless. It's not going to 
solve anything except suck me into this for another three hours, right? So I I control A, control X, open up a notepad or, or, or some word file and dump it in there and expand on the idea later on while I could actually sit there and think about it outside of the social media conflict zone. It turned into some pretty good stuff. You know, and that's I, honestly, that's that's a really good fucking idea. I just delete it. And then if I ever try to recreate it, it's like, yeah, you lose it. Yeah. You're like, fuck. I, I, yeah. Yeah, what did I, I, I say here? No, that happened a few times. And I, this was back when I was doing a little more blogging and I was, uh, you know, um, trying to, to do some longer form writing stuff that I do now. And I would go back and be like, God damn it. That was actually, had I just taken the venom out of it and put a little more thought into it, articulated it just a little bit better without trying to dismantle and, and basically be verbally aggressive towards someone else, I could have done a whole hell of a lot with that and I don't have it anymore. Fuck. So that's when I started doing it. It's a really good thing, man. Keep, uh, well, you guys know you probably don't use a Mac. Notepad on Macs are really good for that because you can open it up. You can type it using your thumbs into the, you know, the, the uh, smartphone app and then do the same thing. You just have it on your notepad on your smartphone. Yeah, that's Dude. honestly, I'm, I'm probably going to bite that idea. Yeah, it's great. It works, man. It really does. It gives you a chance to calm down. You get the emotion out, right? And you get the crux of the passion out without actually attacking anyone. And then you get a second chance at it later on when you're a little more calm, collected, and rational. It works really well. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's kind of the, uh, uh, what was Colbert's thing? The screaming into the abyss. You go to the website, you type in whatever you want, and you hit send, and it just goes, ah, into a big black hole. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I've exercised the demons for today. I don't have to post this on Twitter now. You know, except for you're keeping it. It's not really going into the abyss. It's just going into a file somewhere. Right. Well, before we wrap up today's episode, is there anything that we haven't touched on that we wanted to? I completely disconnected a half hour ago. I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I wanted oh. to talk about the Stand Your Ground case in Florida. Oh, yeah. That was... So, I guess we're probably already familiar, but just to set the table, if anyone's not familiar with the story, um, and correct me if I've, if you believe I've got any of this wrong, but... A uh, black couple parks in a handicapped spot. Dude gets out, goes into the store, right? White dude shows up, mad about them parking in a handicapped spot illegally. Starts chewing out the, the woman who's still in the car. Dude who's in the store comes out, says, uh, you know, to the white dude, why are you yelling at my girl? Pushes him. Guy falls down. The black dude who pushed him then backs, starts to back away from him, at which point the guy on the ground pulls out a gun and shoots him as he's backing away. And this was, I mean, this guy wasn't even convicted of anything. The sheriff looked at it and said, it was clearly stand your ground and there's no charge. Oh, so, you mean, okay. So he wasn't, he wasn't charged. He said convicted. I was like, this already went to court? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, okay. Yeah, used the wrong term there, but he wasn't charged with anything. Yes, I just okay. want to make I want to make sure you characterize that correctly. Was he yes. backing away, and then the guy pulled the gun, or was he backing away as the guy reached into his waistband to pull the gun? He was. He pushed him, and then yes. immediately started backing away before a gun was ever produced, or it even looked like he was going for a gun. 
he pushes him and then he doesn't come forward at the guy or continue to attack him, he immediately starts backing away from him. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, first first thing is, I don't know how I didn't know this. I didn't know the guy that, that parked in the handicap spot was black. So I guess kudos to the reporting sources I've read it about because they haven't, that hasn't been like well, black man shot in road rage case because that's usually how it would be, I imagine it would be presented. It was just... Do you feel like that's a, a factor in it now that you know? I mean, do you think I if mean, this was a white guy who had pushed him, he would shoot him just as easily? I, I don't know. No, where you, can't, you, can't know you can't know that. You can't know. You can't know, know, but I'm just asking as an opinion. I don't know where in Florida this, this happened. I do know there are certain parts of Florida where there are people who... That's the way I grew up. That's the way I'm going to be type people. And yeah. they have very, very particular opinions about people of other colors. I can't know what's in that guy's heart. Sure. I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a, 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 once again, a social media or something dive into his background to see if he has a history of anything racial. Give it time. Uh, well, they do know that he has a history of complaining about people parking illegally in handicapped spots. So he's got some serious rabbit ears for this fucking issue. No, but that was why he shot him. He didn't walk up to the car and shoot him because he parked in a handicapped spot. He par- no, shot no, no, him no. and pushed him down. Yes. No, the, top- I, I, the only reason I brought it up is because there has been a, a somewhat of a dive into it, and, they, and that's the history that they found. Not of him you know, spouting off racial epithets, just being mad about people parking in handicapped spots. It'd be kind of ironic if he was like, oh, you want to park in a handicapped spot? Boom! There, I just severed your spinal cord. Now you are handicapped. <laughs> I, I'd you stand just, behind that. <laughs> you earned it, motherfucker. <laughs> I'd stand behind that. No, I don't know. You know, I lived in Arizona for, for a good piece of time, about a year, and Arizona's like one of those states where you can pack a gun into the bar. Oh, yeah. Know. You know, it's and it's really weird living in Arizona. and I, the, It ties into Florida a little bit because you have to watch what you do. Mm-hmm. Like when you have it in the back of your head that pretty much every, but like you walk into, <laughs> into the grocery store and you see three pe- people with sidearms holstered on their, on their belt buying milk. And you see, you know, maybe you've gone into the bar and you've seen, you know, weapons uh, with somebody. You, you kind of tend to think twice before you start lipping off to somebody, before you start a personal physical conflict with someone. Even a verbal conflict. Verbal conflicts escalate. And it makes you a little reticent to spout off. And I would think that living in Florida would be the same. Because this isn't new. I mean, we've heard the stand that you stand your ground thing. Well, that's the birth of it. That's where yeah. It, yeah. Florida was the first state and now half the country has what's the stand guy, your ground laws. What's the guy that uh, shot the kid in the uh, with the Skittles and all that shit five, six years ago? I forget. Zimmer, guys. George Zimmerman, Zimmerman and, and yeah. Trayvon Martin. I mean, after, after that, oh, the whole thing blew up. That was basically a stand your ground thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, it would seem that you would think twice about walking up to someone, shoving them, knocking them on their ass over a parking spat, knowing well, that he could be armed and you could be shot. Sure. I don't care if I you're think, black or white or not. I, I think in his mind, he, I mean, I don't even know if he knew that it was about where they parked. Well, right? but, uh, All I, I know is that this guy saw some guy getting in his girlfriend's face. Yeah, that's fair. Pushed. That's fair. I, don't, I, don't, I, I didn't pay too, uh, close enough attention to really see the... Uh, um, 
confrontation between the guy, the shooter, and the girlfriend. Is that in the tape? Is that in the video? I just yeah. saw a push and a shot. That's um, all I well, saw. you know, I I haven't watched the video. I don't tend to watch a lot of videos on this stuff. Like, right? I it was described by multiple sources, mm-hmm. and I got the same story, so I trust that as much as as watching the video of it. Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I don't really honestly. This is one of those places where, like, the abortion conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, where <laughs> I pissed both of you off probably at the same time, especially you. Rich. I don't really give a shit. I mean, you know yeah. that it's 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 a stand stand your ground state. And if you're going to get all keeping it real and go up and defend your old lady's honor over a fucking parking space because some guy started an argument with her, and you're going to use physical force and knock someone down. I don't fucking care what happens to you at this point. You know what state you live in. You understand that lethal force is authorized if someone is attacked or feels threatened. You understand that. You're a black guy. You know the name Trayvon Martin. You know Mm -hmm. what happened. If you're going to keep it real, defend your lady's honor, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Here we are. That's kind of where I'm at with it because I, I again, this seems like one of those conversations where you could successfully argue both sides of it if you wanted to. If you really had a passion about one one viewpoint or the other, yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I guess I don't see the I don't see the need for stand your ground laws in general. I don't I don't see where the benefit is who who it saved. Right. Well, it, I can see it. I you know in, in your home if somebody looks into your home, you know. Your I castle. mean, if we're gonna handle this in the reality of like that's what exists in that state, then yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't I, I don't think that it was. You know, a deserved killing, certainly, over a, a parking spot. No, probably not. I would agree with that. See, and that's, that's where I have the issue with this, is because part of my mind says, you know, I've been in road rage incidences, like, you know, both of us got out the car, started throwing fucking blows in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple of them, it was like, you know, Guy gets out, starts walking up, didn't think I was going to get out. I got out, shoved the guy, basically told him that's as good as it's going to get for you, and I get back in your fucking car, and it's the end of it. And I, you know, being shoved to the ground, it hurts your pride, but what are the odds that it's going to do some serious damage to you to the point where you need to use deadly force to defend yourself? Well, if you can determine that that's it. Well, I mean, by the law... You're allowed to defend yourself with a firearm if you feel that your life or serious injury is imminent. No. Well, you know, well, I mean, I was talking to my brother about this, and <coughs> you know, he's down there, and he's, you know, he brought up a case of someone was trying to break into someone's car in their driveway and the guy came out and he had a shotgun and the person who was trying to break in the car started advancing on the guy and i was like well then that motherfucker if he got killed he got what he was asking for play stupid games win stupid prizes Mm -hmm. if i'm trying to break into somebody's car and they come out and they got a scatter rifle i'm showing them the edge of my ass as you see a fat white boy make a four minute mile i'm not gonna walk up on him unless i'm you don't do that unless you have got something you're not going over there to compare magic to gathering cards Okay, you're walking up on him because you, you, you're thinking you're going to do something. Now, the guy's backing away after he shoved him. To me, that says, that says it was done pretty much done and over with. And I've seen chicken shits who, 
you know, we'll get someone on the ground and start curb stomping them. And I mean, the, the, the snippet of video I saw, that guy didn't even look like he had that in his mind. Yeah. It was looked, it looked more like, who the fuck are you talking to? And the dude went over. Kind of with it, the vibe that I got from it, too. Yeah, he shot because his pride was hurt, and he wanted to get back at him. Well, he had a reason to shoot. Well, yeah, the guy gave him a reason. Yeah, but yeah. he was justified. He knew in his head he was justified he could shoot this person. Maybe I mean, he I'm, just wanted to shoot him. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with being black or white, but maybe he, he had the gun. He wanted to, to use it. He wanted to feel like that gun was being put to good use for whatever I, reason. I, I think you just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. As much as as much as I'm uh, I'm very much in favor of gun ownership and res- reasonable gun laws, I you're never going to get rid of this mentality in a, in a select group of people. The minute they get their hands on a firearm, and maybe they're, they, looking you don't, for, they're looking for an excuse. Let's take it a step further. Maybe he orchestrated and engineered that. Maybe that's why he was so lippy about the parking place. Maybe he was looking for a physical conflict that he well, could spin and justify shooting someone. I mean, you know, if you're walking around with a, with a piece on your hip, yeah, you, you, you think you, you, know, you, you get ballsy all of a sudden. Yeah, it's the same philosophy that if you read uh, Radley Balco and uh, the idea of the warrior cop with all these uh, surplus military gear that uh, police departments around the country are buying and outfitting police officers with, the cops want a reason to use it. They don't want to carry around these fucking toys and not use them. They're looking for a reason to use this tactical equipment. A lot of times, and this goes back all the way to uh, to Ferguson, 2014, and beyond that. I mean, I think the same psychology is at play here. A lot of times, I'm not saying definitely in this case, but it does explain why he would get so aggressive over a handicapped parking place. He's trying to provoke a reaction from someone to justify using lethal force on someone because he wants to, because he has the gun in his hip. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me. But then, yeah. then there's then there's then there's the part of me that's like, what are you, a hall monitor, motherfucker? Well, who the fuck are you? If <laughs> right. you got that big of a fucking problem, take his license plate number, park, and call the cops, and, and you don't even have to confront them. You know, that's, Why escalate that situation? That's beautiful. I mean, that's, that's a wonderful thing that I've been thinking a lot about tonight is, Jesus fucking Christ, don't you have more shit to worry about than that? Is that what you're obsessing on? Talking about this guy, I mean, how, how boring is your life, brother, if you're obsessing on handicapped parking places? Think about that literally. If you're that obsessed and that upset over parking places what the fuck is going on in your world not much that sounds like it's misdirected <laughs> if you woefully it it, it how to, it goes back to when we were talking about you know this you know the was it permit patty and all right. that this yeah. tattletale culture right and it's it, in my experience people who are tattletales it's not because they think they're doing some some good. It's because they feel like, well, if I can't get away with it, you shouldn't either. Right. What about the, there's the power aspect of it too? Uh, want to, do what I do. Control someone. Just uh, spit on their door handle and then walk into the store and forget about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I I guess there was a buddy of mine in Florida that it had a he had a couple sheets of paper and if someone parked all fucked up like you know double parked or something or whatever he would put it under under their uh windshield wiper and it had a picture of mickey mouse flipping them off and it says learn how to park fucking asshole and he he <laughs> like, like 
he was it. That was it. I, as far as I know, he never had a physical confrontation. He was intelligent enough to take a look around, make sure no one was walking towards that car. Yeah. He put it on there and he got it out of his system. You know, I'm like, oh, I, if it makes you feel better, who are you, who are you harming? Nobody. You should, honestly, I'd probably walk up, find it in my car and start laughing and be like, that's funny as shit. I think that's, that's actually a very effective way to shame somebody into changing their behavior. I'm not saying that it's always successful, but I can imagine that being more successful because when you go up and challenge the, the, the person directly and get in their face and start yelling, and then you're just one guy and you're just some asshole who's mad for some reason. Right. Right? If they can't even apply a face to it, they're just like, wow, some random person put this on my windshield and says that I'm an asshole. Jeez, that could be, I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody whose opinion I respect, and I'm kind of having a hard time to <laughs> coming up with one. But well, fuck that could you, be man. me. <laughs> yeah, right. That could be Todd. <laughs> what if Todd put that on my? Oh, that means kiss, that I'm an asshole. Kiss my ass. It's, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Todd took his bike trip to Livonia just to put that under your windshield wiper. <laughs> right, I did. God damn it. I will now. Right. But at least it <laughs> has a that. chance of having a little bit of traction <laughs> because they could imagine that it was somebody whose opinion they might actually care about. What if it was some super hot blonde, you know, that was like, oh, I like this guy's car. I'm going to see who gets in it. Oh, he parked all fucked up? Oh, fuck this guy. Oh, that would be really good. What you could do is you could get, like, these little, like, uh, 8x10 pictures, right, like mm-hmm. of this really hot chick, and you could flip <laughs> it over. I was going to offer to blow you, but then I saw you park this piece of shit. Look what you missed out on. Go fuck yourself. And put, it on, put that under the windshield. And you and could... Here's a picture of me blowing guys who know how to park. <laughs> I, obviously, I had an uncle with boundary issues, and I set the bar pretty low to what I hand out blowjobs for. And you couldn't even fucking limbo under that bar, dude. What the fuck's wrong with you? Oh, shit. I'm just that was going around, guys would be out there with measuring tapes. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> look at how perfect my parking job is. That would be half of Instagram is like, look at my parking job. Yeah, standing <laughs> there pimping by the trunk, you know, waiting for someone to come along. And <laughs> Instead of dick pics, you send them pictures of how well you park. That's the new <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a world we can all strive for, huh? Dude, if that was the case, guys would be rolling around with yellow paint cans in their car to make sure the lines were well-defined. Be like, see? See? I, I'm between them. <laughs> I know it's pretty, but I didn't take it out for air. Let's go. <laughs> but, I mean, just I, 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 as a serious aside, though, I, the whole yes. stand-your-ground thing, I, I'm pretty much of the opinion that if you are committing a crime against another person, you're pretty much asking for whatever you get. And I know that's not a popular opinion because people go, well, someone's trying to steal your car. You're telling me you'd shoot him? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's put it this way. My, when I lived in Detroit, neighbor across the street had to park his brand new truck in the driveway because he didn't have a, a, a garage. And the first two weeks he had it, someone tried to break in and steal it. And he leaned out the second story window and put five hot ones at the feet of that guy. And that guy never came back. Now, that's what I would do at first, but if I was outside, like, like, and he started walking towards me, yeah, he's either crazy or he's got some shit planned for me that I'm not, I don't want to be a part of. So I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six in that, in that situation. Right, but it, I think, in like Todd was saying, in this guy's case, most likely, and 
I think in a lot of cases, it's not like, oh, I'm in a situation, oh, good thing I have this gun, this right. can be helpful. It's no situation exists, I've got this gun, I need to apply it to fix a situation. Well, as far as I know, how the stand your ground law in Florida is written, I would have charged the guy personally. Yeah. That, it, I, I would have been like, you know. And it may happen yet because I, you know, this is the, this was the sheriff's decision. So uh, I don't know exactly how the hierarchy goes, but there's definitely people above him be like, no, we're going to charge him. Yeah. Oh, it's not like, it's not like the sheriff's the only witness. I mean, there's, there's video evidence. So yeah. You know, somebody could reevaluate this and determine that, yeah, prosecution may be in order. And I, and I hope they do, because I don't think this applies, and I think we need some examples. So maybe people who are using their, uh, you know, weapons when they don't need to, just like you're saying, you know, you're going to stop and think about mouthing off to somebody in Arizona or Florida because they might have a gun on them, mm-hmm. and they and they'll use that to end the argument. Right. And maybe, you know, somebody who's packing might think twice about using it because it's not the appropriate situation and there could be consequences. They feel like, well, you know, I've got every right and excuse to whip out my gun and uh, and shoot it at somebody who assaults me for any reason in any respect, and I've, I'm covered by the stand-your-ground laws, well, it's just going to keep happening more and more, isn't it? Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. When I drove through Texas over 20 years ago, that was still when they had, you could have a loaded gun in your gun rack, and you could have open container between your legs. <laughs> and those two things made me drive very courteously. Yo, get, yeah. over into, get over into the right lane unless I'm passing. Use my blinker. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was like, I'm not giving any of these motherfuckers an excuse. Yeah. That's, that's the same effect on the roads in Arizona. It's like, you know, I get a little animated sometimes when I drive. I know that's hard for you guys to believe. (laughs) Mr. Congeniality can get a little cranky on the road. You mean a sailor has a dirty mouth? No. (laughs) I I know. It's amazing. It's something incredible that I didn't really hope you'd ever learn about me. But, yeah, when I was out driving around Tucson or Phoenix, (laughs) I would check my tongue. Like, you know, this ain't worth it. I don't know what he's got. I don't know what his temperament is. Yeah, well, let him cut me off once. Right. It's never worth it. When in the history has a parking dispute or road rage incident ended with, wow, I've never heard anyone put it that way. (laughs) You're right. I've been driving around like an asshole for years. Exactly. (laughs) The scales have fallen from my eyes. I see the error of my ways, and I vow that I will be... A, a good driver and only park in appropriate areas. I have it's been just delivered. Never happened. <laughs> I have been saved. Yeah, never happened. Not once. It's all yeah, just uh, assholes blowing off steam. Yeah. There's something yeah. about being in a vehicle that that makes you. <laughs> I, I read something somewhere this week about that too, and it's when you're in a vehicle, you're you're protected. Mm-hmm. You feel like it's almost like you're on line. You know, you're protected by some, you get yeah. 2,000 pounds of steel around you. you, you feel like you're in, it's almost invincible or separate, inanimate. 
that you can say and do whatever you want because you're isolated within this cocoon. Like you're online, you know, you're isolated inside your avatar digitally. Nobody can touch you, right? That's the sort of the effect you, a lot of people get when they're in their car. That's a really good comparison to make, a good, a, a good uh, correlation to make, is how people behave in their car is really similar to how people behave online. Yeah. Except, so I, I've thought exactly. that for years and, and yeah. seen that develop online because you understand that there's somebody on the other end that's typing all this shit out, but you don't have to look them right in the eye. Right. They can't touch you. you. Right. <laughs> Until you get out of the car, and then you realize that, yeah, that behavior, at least in the, with the vehicles, at least, if you get out of the car and you, you, you confront someone physically, there's an accountability there, right? Right. That, that avatar and that protective cocoon you were in suddenly melts away, and all of a sudden, you've got to deal with a real human being who wants to potentially do you harm. So, I don't know. It's uh, really interesting how people, me included in my history, how, how people behave when they're in vehicles. And you're right. It's never ended that way. It's never ended with someone saying, gee, I will amend my behavior because of your wise ro- road-raged words right. and wisdom to me. Never has happened. Yeah. Or also what's words that have never been said. On the way home today, somebody flipped me off on the road. I must be driving wrong. <laughs> I must no. be doing this wrong. Why is everyone flipping me off? Hold it's on, good, hold on, hold on. It's a good hashtag. Words as, never uttered. As, as someone who comes from a family of people who drive for a living, and I, I kind of do too, oh, if I get flipped off because I'm doing something stupid, I pretty much know it and I own it. I'm like, yeah, I deserve that one. Like, I, you, know yeah, but, driving well, like you know when you're driving like an idiot. You're a know. fucking unicorn. I don't believe most people do right. that. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, no, I had flip me off. Fuck you, man. I'll drive how I want. I think I no, it, like, the, the worst, the worst, I feel the worst when, like, for whatever reason, I don't see the turn until I'm right up on it. And, like, I make that split second decision. I can make the turn and I just do it real quick. And the person behind me is like, you know, what the fuck? And I see him in the rearview mirror and I'm just like, I'm an asshole for that. Like I, like seriously, I'm like I, I could have because I realize I could have fucking caused an accident, got people hurt. Yeah. What's the big deal? Just drive to the next street, turn, and then take a side street over. Right. You know, it's granted. Granted, like I said, coming from professional drivers, I was taught a different way to drive than most people. I just assume everybody is psychotic, drunk, and are out to kill me. Mm-hmm. And I try to drive like it, it, the absolute opposite of that. You know what I'm saying? Like if I see you coming, if I'm waiting to make a left hand turn and you're coming to make a right hand turn, till I see those tires start turning, you start taking that corner. I don't pull out because I don't trust you. Right. I got trust issues when it comes to cars, man. <laughs> That's the only way to drive. You cannot trust. Oh anyone. no, it's defensive driving, right? Isn't that what they call it? You oh, have yeah. to assume that everybody else is yeah. drunk, eating, an asshole, is going to have a stroke at any minute, an whatever the troll. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because all and my- it's, You know, like being isolated in the car, you can't read body language, no. but you can read driver's language. Like, oh. I can usually tell when somebody's about to do something stupid. Yeah, there's a rhythm to driving, and you, you, yeah, you can definitely sense that. But the longer you've, if you've been driving for decades, you know how that rhythm and how that right. sort of energy and that vibe and that rhythm of the road feels, and you can tell when somebody's about ready to just blow that up. A lot of times, anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, well, I'm sure I'm ready sure. to blow this one up. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> means you, that, means you, nice means you know, means you know how to park, baby. <laughs> That's right. Hey, so, ladies, park. he and knows how to park, driver. and he's a considerate driver. The blowjob line starts to the left. Just, just <laughs> let you know. <laughs> but anyway, you, can you can never mind. <laughs> if you'd like to blow me or any of uh, the people that appear on the Unregimented Podcast, you can hit us up on Twitter at Unregimented Pod or on Facebook. I think you just look up Unregimented. Fuck those guys escaping the cave. You can go to escaping the cave. <laughs> you want to blow Todd directly. And I just want to point something out real quick. Notice that that as nerdy of a disagreement as it was, Aaron and I had a pretty pretty heated disagreement. Nobody's unfriending anybody. Nobody's got any block user in their future. You see how that works, people? You can have a, a heated debate, even an argument, and still be friends with people. Right. You haven't you checked your Facebook page yet, have I you? I didn't even call you a cuck. Or a snowflake. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It does help if you see the uh, the person you're arguing with as a human being before you see him as a just a ball of unsavory opinions. Yes. It's really easy to keep him humanized that way. Yes. Except for, except for you, Rich. Well, well I'm, put. I'm blocking you. So... I've been blocked by better than you, bud. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm certain. <laughs> anyway, uh, condolences to Chris. He knows what's going on. I want to say that one more time. I'm sure he'll probably listen to that this weekend. So thinking about you and your family this week, dude. Hope everything's uh, not good, but I hope uh, things are getting better. Things are going as well as they can. Right. Well said. All right, so I guess we will see you guys next week. We've got to work on our segue, our out segues. Yeah, I know. It's always really awkward, isn't it? Yeah, it's like getting up after you're fucking your cousin. You don't really know how to get out of bed. It's like Kevin Smith said. Easy, James Gunn. It's like Kevin said. He goes, this is why I'm not gay, because after the guy bricks in my mouth, what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) That's just an awkward conversation. What do you do? Sure, you want to play Fortnite? (laughs) (laughs) So let's do it this way. Here you go. Go get yourself something nice. And talk to you next week. (laughs) See ya. Later. (laughs) Later, guys. Get yourself something nice. I feel like you think, your money's on a dresser, honey. I'm done with you. (laughs) (laughs) Buy yourself something nice with that. Treat yourself, honey. That's that's after the second encounter. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. 
Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.